Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. I am your host, Walter Williams III. And tonight, I am joined with my mom. Hello. Hello. Yes, welcome back. And tonight, we will be discussing Rosemary's Baby from 1968. So if you haven't seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Welcome back to the show, Mom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. So Always good to be here. Definitely. Always great to have you. And look, we got our first one-on-one. I think we had Right. Yeah, yeah it's been a minute. Um, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I always love doing these one-on-one uh, shows sometimes. Uh, one, I feel like it gives the audience to learn more about the guests who, and it's normally people who've been on for a minute like you have. Um, but it, it's a nice little uh, inauguration for some of the guests on the podcast. You know, uh, Zarya is kind of the first one. Well, really Shelton. But Zarya is kind of like the first one okay. that kind of like popped off when we did our one-on-one a while back. So we do that. Roderick was another one. Uh, and then recently, I think Xander was the one that got the one-on-one. And now it's you. So it's a very rare but also welcome kind of thing for it. So I always cherish these little special episodes. <laughs> Right, I'm getting my initiation on the one-on-one. <laughs> yes, yes. All right, so like we said, we're discussing Rosemary's Baby. Uh, wow, this is a movie I've been wanting to do for a good good while. Uh, and I felt like I put it on the list this year because a sequel was supposed to come out, um, but there hasn't been any word on it. And also we kind of fell into a big old writer's actor strike within Hollywood right now. So I doubt we will get this movie very soon. Um, it'll probably be a few more years if it ever goes off the shelf. So, uh, but you know, why not get ahead of the game? This was already on the list and I didn't want to move it. So we're doing Rosemary's baby. One of my personal (laughs) favorites. I think I say that about every movie we've done here, but this one is like up there of like influent influential movies for me, like in a way of like, um, being a creative. This is one I would always kind of like refer back to kind of like with psycho or science of the lambs. Yeah, this is one that's like, you know, if I want to create something, I'll look at this for some kind of inspiration. Um, before we get into Rosemary's Baby, though, I do have a, f- uh, a few topics I want to cover uh, before we get into everything. It's just, well, really, it's just one big topic. So, you know, there's been a lot going on as of this recording. This episode will probably come out probably around November. But as of this recording, a lot has been going on in the news uh, as far as like regular news first of all uh weather mm-hmm. and, and uh entertainment news i closely follow entertainment news for obvious reasons but um i i did notice something that it kind of makes me excited and it's also very hilarious i want to know what you think about it um so i my number one topic here is just are could we be seeing the return of the double features and this is something mm-hmm. you know i don't know exactly if they still had double features when you were younger but like my understanding would be the typical you know grease style uh 1950s 60s kind of like drive-in and you go and you see two movies or even like Mm -hmm. um what early late 70s early 80s you would go to like one of those like i guess it would be like dollar theaters or whatever and you would see like you know two movies for a price of one within one night and make that a whole group thing was that around I remember that mostly in the late 80s when I was young, young, young. Like the 90s was like my teen years mostly. But as a kid, like around nine, 10 years old, I remember going to the drive-thru and getting the double features. Yes. And it's like the second movie was always a little bit shorter than the first one, but it was still good. Got it. Got it. Yes. And so they still do them. 
I know there's a drive-in uh, in Memphis that we have yet to go to, but we always kind of get promised that we'll go to one day. I definitely want to go there one day. Um, but they do like drive-in style movies, but every now and then they'll have actual double features. And so that's cool. I've always done, you know, growing up in the age that I've grown up, double features to me is just watching two movies back to back on like Netflix or <laughs> or Amazon. Right, right. Um, so double features or triple features, however you want to vibe it um, or describe it, I should say. Um, it's, it's kind of natural uh, within the, you know, lower millennial Gen Z culture. Um, as we kind of grew up in the more binging age, but, um, and also me personally, I would put on, you know, I kind of grown accustomed to throwing like mini parties myself, so kind of why I know a lot of people, but I myself mm-hmm. would pride myself on doing, wow, I'm just so, I would pride myself on doing double features. So like Halloween, mm-hmm. I would throw Halloween parties. And so I remember specifically when 2018, when Halloween was coming out, I threw a nice party my friends and so i showed the first halloween movie and then i think i showed halloween 2 or something kind of oh, close to that awesome. yeah i also did the same thing with uh, a nightmare on elm street with the help of roderick we did uh the first two movies uh evil mm-hmm. dead I've, I've done a few double features now normally none of us are paying attention to the movie <laughs> we're pretty like uh drunk i should say <laughs> but <laughs> the movies were there for decoration um the last time i think the only or really the only time anyone really paid attention to these double feature movies i threw was when i did um i did the first paranormal activity and then i did the blair witch project now no one really watched the first paranormal activity people were coming to the party but by the time we got to blair, blair witch when i tell you it was the one time i've ever seen my friends kind of huddled in like a big old clump <laughs> yes and blair is, witch was good though yes that is why blair witch will always be one of those movies that like it doesn't freak you out until you're actually watching it and it was definitely where we had all the lights off world we have one screen one small screen, so we're all huddled around it, eating popcorn, and it's. I'm telling you, it's one of the like best moments of like teenage years of just like mm-hmm. seeing your friends be freaked out by a really old movie that they kind of like talk crap about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blair Witch will always be one of the greats. Uh, we'll we'll get to it at some point, but um, but yeah, those are my little personal things with double features. So I'm kind of seeing a trend. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but as of this year. Double features seem to be making a comeback amongst the audience. So we recently had something that was really big called Barbenheimer, kind of the blockbuster uh, duo of the year, possibly Oscar duo if we keep going. But obviously we had the Barbie movie that came out earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, and it's doing really well. I have yet to see it. Um, I wanted to see it that weekend, but things got in the way and I just... I I'll catch it eventually. It's supposed to get on digital, so I'll probably watch it then and rent it. Uh, as well as Oppenheimer, which is the next or the newest film from one of my favorite directors, Christopher Nolan, who's famous for doing the the past Batman trilogy. We're talking like Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, but he also did Inception, Memento, uh, just a lot of other stuff. Dunkirk recently, he did Tenant. And so Oppenheimer was another big one. And so it's really weird. It was just a weird fascination online where these movies kind of came out the same weekend, I believe, or the same. Yeah, the same weekend. Mm. And so people would dress up in pink. All I can talking uh, females, males, however you identify, dress up in your, you know, best pink outfit with a little bit of black in there. 
it would be like what i mostly saw was like straight up pink but like people were wearing suits or like something you would present in like the 19 or whatever like world war ii essentially yeah. like people i don't know where people got world war ii attire but good on you for thrifting i guess because in the back oh. of the <laughs> People and you can find anything on Amazon too. True, true. It's just the fact that people found it in pink. I was like, okay. Right. And so I work next to a movie theater, so I did see a good bit of this. But um, it was a it was a big thing this that that weekend early in uh I want to say this was like July, yeah, like late July or mid July. Barbenheimer was a thing. People would go see one movie and then they would go see the other. They mm-hmm. bought two tickets. Oh, so now that explains it. Okay, so I saw a bunch of people wearing pink going to see Barbie. And yeah, and I, I it didn't, it didn't. Okay, even had on pink too when she went. I was like, oh, oh well, yeah. <laughs> she never wears pink. Okay. Yeah, that was the thing. Um, so I, I don't know why I didn't put that together, but mm. yeah. And so the way I understood is that people would go see Oppenheimer first. And then go and see Barbie as kind of like a palate cleanser because Oppenheimer is about okay. World War, the, the 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 atomic bomb who the invention of the to- atomic bomb, so it's kind of like you know going to a history class and then going to recess. <laughs> right, right, and that's you definitely want to kind of wrap that up with something a little bit more happier. <laughs> yes, yes, but pe- some people did it the other way. Some people saw Barbie first and then saw Oppenheimer. I would say a lot more of the Christopher Nolan fans when saw Oppenheimer last. Plus, Oppenheimer was like three hours long. Barbie's like two mm-hmm. hours, so it's 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 surprising. But yeah, the the double feature kind of blowing up right now, um, and so we are dawning upon another one. <laughs> I I think this is more of a joke, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is taken more seriously. So as we know, the newest Saw film, Saw Ten, will be coming out soon here, and coming out the same weekend is the second Paw Patrol film, and so. <laughs> <laughs> And so we have this Saw Patrol hashtag going around. Right. <laughs> and so what Saw I'm Patrol. seeing essentially is that families are more involved with this one. And so parents who, I mean, it's kind of weird to think about it, but people who were teenagers watching the first couple of Saw films are now parents. And so they mm-hmm. have smaller kids. So they would take their kids to see Paw Patrol and then they would go to the theater and watch Saw probably at the same time or even, you know, have someone come pick up the kids or whatever and i wouldn't be surprised if people dressed up for this but that is something that's happening coming up here really soon and i'm just like that's wow. awesome because i know ian would roll with me with both of those yeah <laughs> he would oh, yeah. roll he knows exactly who jigsaw is yes you should, you and should he do love it. paw patrol oh man uh <laughs> paw patrol is he still a- has paw patrol blankets so <laughs> they're pretty cool i gotta admit they're pretty cool they kind of say weird th- i mean if you want to read into it it's a weird thing about like uh number one the show in my opinion just doesn't make a sense they're the they're the only emergency defense system in that one city <laughs> and, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's like you know if you want again if you want to read into it they say uh, some weird things about like police policing um that's kind of like i think it would be a really interesting debate i you know you can go on reddit and probably find people defending it or uh <laughs> being offended by it i just thought it was interesting that people can kind of make an essay out of anything <laughs> right like anything's controversial that you, you got to get upset about some cartoon dogs now <laughs> <laughs> but hey that's the world we live in but yeah i think that's a you guys should do it you should do it and then come back and tell us how it goes go see paw patrol and go see saw or go the other way around and all in one day 
I definitely think we we probably will. He would be so so down for that. Yes, yes. Um, Zuma is our favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's the one that does the water, right? Yeah. Yep. I think I like Marshall just because he's clumsy. Like he's always falling. <laughs> so that's another one. And again, I'm kind of like, wow, I'm kind of seeing a, a trend here. So if this keeps going, we could possibly see America or even the world, but pro- likely America. Um, kind of revert back to doing double features, and I can see this doing. That would be awesome. I can see this doing wonders for like the 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 film industry, especially post COVID, is for a film industry as far as like movie theaters go. You know, now yeah. with that, I do see significant like pricing issues. Um, because I mean, going to see one movie is like twenty dollars now. <laughs> I, right, but that would just revive the whole movie theater era just a little bit. Yeah, it would bring. So it I down. remember being younger with those double features, like the Child's Play movies, um, like one and two. It the movie theater turned into like a party space because we were yes. going to be there so long. Yeah, as far as like the drive-ins and stuff, like they were decorated. They had people walking around doing weird stuff. Um, I don't know. It might revive the whole movie theater scene because it, it kind of is a little dead because there's so much streaming going on, you know? Yeah. Um, even the drive-ins, that would be awesome to see those come back alive again because that the, the family time and the friendship time you got when you went to places like that is still a little different than being at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, as a just a fan alone, I definitely, I've been to a drive-in about twice now. Um, me and my friends kind of sometimes go off and, you know, I think we, here's the thing. We went to the drive-in and there no, there was no good movies. We went, the first time we went, we saw what the Lion King and then we didn't even stay for Aladdin. <laughs> and we're talking about the live action versions. We were like, we're just, we're, we're not even going to stay for the, we were just kind of there chilling <laughs> as a vibe. But like, if there were actually like good movies and we were like, okay, cool. We will definitely stay. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, the, the, the um, the snack stands will be popping. Like, Oof. I would love to see that era come back, man. Someone bring a grill, man. <laughs> it was awesome. It was just good family time, good kid time. The ice cream, the popcorn, the burgers, the fries, you know. I would love And, of course, you know, you have those parents that bring their own food because you're in your car, you know. Yeah, yeah. Blankets, the pillows. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to see that come back. And I again, I do see that kind of happening right now. Or if I hope it kind of happens is what I'm kind of saying. Because it, it, it's, it's cool. I have yet to do this double feature thing myself. But I would definitely go to the movies and see two, two movies in one day. And what's been yeah. My thing is that, again, pricing would be an issue. Like, again, definitely. one movie is $20. So if you go and add it up, you're spending about $40, $45. And that's just not even counting concessions but if we were to promote it as a double feature and then you're probably just paying ten dollars more like thirty dollars for two movies two theatrical experiences maybe if you're a member you get the the perks of being like you know half off or or just you know a discounted amount of concessions and treats and stuff in the bar you gotta have a bar um it could could work it could definitely bring back the theaters again post-covid especially and I can see yeah, yeah. going up. So last... they have some sort of good incentive, you know. Yeah. You do your double feature, you get a pizza, you get a whatever. If they incentivize it, I think people will go ahead and pay those prices. Yeah, I think this is this summer is definitely a 
a good like look of like okay let's experiment with this maybe this is what people actually want and so i can see that um last thing though and this one was, was kind of makes it funny uh, so there was going to be a third one but it kind of did, did it's not happening anymore so um i don't know if you knew but or people listening out there knew but this summer there were two big tours happening <laughs> one was for beyonce and one was from taylor swift and so yes oftentimes we know I knew about them both. <laughs> yes <laughs> oftentimes you have some people that would record and film their concert uh or a, a concert in particular and this is what taylor swift did she decided to film a concert for her eras or film one of the concerts a part of her eras tour and film it and had someone edit it and put it together and so she was going to release it out once the tour was over which i think is ending pretty soon here and so uh they wanted to go to theaters first or no sorry they wanted to go to streaming first they wanted to, they shopped it around for streaming services but people were like no people aren't into concert movies anymore now i don't think those people looked at the one the ticket prices for a taylor swift era's concert and two I don't right. know they looked online but that's kind of all everyone's talking about is beyonce and taylor swift and those concert mm -hmm. experiences and so um so taylor swift and her team was like fine if you won't put it out on amazon or whatever we're just going to do the old-fashioned way we're going to go to theaters and so that's what they did they put out a trailer a few weeks ago they announced tickets and it's only for amc theater strictly which i think is a, another big thing for that company and like, okay cool you got a big star with a big movie now only problem yeah. that kind of arose was that it was the movie supposed to come out october 13th which was the same day the new exorcist movie exorcist believer was going to come out and oh that's not gonna work but here's the thing i was thinking if we are this is where again people kind of proving that double features could work so when that was announced Twitter blew up for like a day. I remember getting like notifications at work. People were like, and this is what mm. the hashtag was Exerswift. <laughs> okay. I see where they're going with it now. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming. People I'm were, here. People I've arrived with on, it. Yeah. People were planning on seeing Exorcist and then seeing Taylor Swift's concert. But Blumhouse kind of chickened out and they moved the Exorcist a week uh, above. And now it's coming out the first week of October rather than the second week, and people were so mad. <laughs> people were so mad. They put out a second trailer this week and trying to soften the blow when they announced tickets. And But people on Twitter were like, nah, man, you should have kept it. It would have been fine. You know, extra Aww. Swift, extra Swift. We wanted, and yeah, I, it just surprised me how many Taylor Swift fans were horror fans. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Right. <laughs> and so now, like, Blumhouse is kind of, you know, the date's final, so they can't move it back. But it's kind of it does kind of suck, and I think uh, Taylor Swift's concert is only for a limited amount of time. So maybe people will still go; they'll wait a week and still go and do it. But we'll, we'll see. But it could have been a cool thing. And again, I think that just shows you that I, maybe it's time for the double feature to come back to theaters and then open up some new uh, drive-in theaters, like we were saying beforehand. That would be awesome. That would be nice. Yes. Do it for the memes. It would <laughs> make anything. the cost worth it. Yes. More a little bit more worth it. Yeah, the movies would you be more of an experience like they should have always been. Yeah, for sure. And not just, oh, we're just here for like an hour and a half for a movie. No, that's a whole experience. 
Definitely, definitely. And then again, you can just the amount of like popcorn buckets you could like sell just with Taylor Swift's and Jigsaw's like hugging on on the cover. <laughs> yeah, and if they're serving like alcohol at the movie, oh, you're gonna get smashed at a double feature. <laughs> oh yes, definitely. Uh, hey. I hope you're not driving. <laughs> <laughs> Take a designated driver to the double features. Yes, definitely. But yeah, that's I I think that's really cool. I hope this is a sign that this could be something that could blow up in the next couple of years. And, you know, they still kind of like I said, they still kind of do double features, but it's mainly reserved for like big superhero movies. And that's not even happening anymore. But like back when the Avengers would come out, they would kind of marathon all the movies. So again, mm-hmm. for the poor soul who did that, that's 20 plus movies in one like week <laughs> at a movie theater. I don't know how much that costs, but they, sometimes they would do it for like, you know, if you go and see Spider-Man three they will showcase spider-man one and two at the same or as a double feature and then the next day you would come back on the opening of spider-man three and so that's kind of how they did it we also have fathom events which is something regal does where they would just showcase a old movie so say they wanted to showcase uh rosemary's baby on the anniversary you could get tickets to that i went to a few fathom events i the one i went to was uh for scream actually right before they released the to promote the trailer for scream five you could go see okay. the original scream in theaters on the day it came out 10 plus or 25 plus years ago and that's where i went to and i was really excited and so i'm happy to have that experience uh, i did miss the scream 2 one though but it's fine i have them on dvd <laughs> um <but laughs> i yeah. would just love to see the drive throughs come back that watching a horror film in the dark in the car in a drive through is like the best and 3D movies are the best at a drive-in. Ooh, yes. Oh, I want to see a, a 3D movie in a drive-in. That oh, so awesome. That would be great. All right. Um. So, yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, just going to go over so I don't have to do it while we're talking about the movie. Uh, again, we're kind of shifting back into Rosemary's Baby here. So, don't know if you know this, but the director of Rosemary's Baby is Roman Polanski. Does that name ring a bell for you? I feel like I've heard you say it before. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those, uh, like, you know, if you meet a, I don't consider myself a film bro, but if you know those, like, film school, you know, very posh people who are like, mm, yes, I did blah, blah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yes. You're like, I watched Nosferatu 10 times. It's like, that's a lot. Yeah. That movie's four yeah. hours long, you know. I've seen Metropolis. You know, that that those kind yeah. of guys. Yeah. <laughs> Roman Polanski is kind of one of those considered to be uh all timer, one of the greatest filmmakers ever, you know, in ever history. I myself uh kind of sort of subscribe to that. I'll explain to that, but uh I wanted to bring him up here because he is a very controversial figure, which is why I kind of stop it being like, well, is he great or is he just well known? <laughs> and so for people mm. and I didn't want to give him too big of a director spotlight. Sometimes I'll do a big director spotlight. You know, I did it for uh Stanley Kubrick and when we did The Shining, did it for Stephen King when we did a couple of his movies, I did it for a few other people. But um I I didn't want to give this guy too much because he is someone that I think is very disgusting. Um but he has <laughs> indirectly he has made really great movies um but roman polanski a controversial polish director writer producer and actor best known for rosemary's baby from 1968 he did uh chinatown from 1974 the ninth gate is uh from 1999 and then the pianist which i think is the oscar darling well i mean yeah from 2002 
Um, those all these are just a few of his movies that I think people will widely know. Um, yeah, I did see the pianist. Yeah, I've I've seen mm. three out of these. Uh-huh. I haven't seen the pianist, but I've obviously I've seen. Obviously, I've seen Rosemary's Baby. I actually watched Chinatown earlier this year for the first time. Um, okay. Interesting experience. What cracked me up about Chinatown, though, is that I didn't realize. <laughs> but the exact plot of Chinatown is just Roger Rabbit. Really? Yeah. If you go. The movie, it's, the, it's the same idea. It's the same story. Like, if you take. If you go back and watch Roger Rabbit, you can see where they got the the basic film structure is and the story because it's the same thing it's you know okay you know roger rabbit i remember roger rabbit very well that was a movie yeah you know roger and his wife they get caught up in like he's the suspect of a murder after you know his wife was caught possibly cheating and then you know he goes to the detective it's the same exact story in chinatown it's just (laughs) but roger rabbit is making fun of that movie so that's where it's like okay i get it yeah Okay. Yeah, we've covered. Now I'm gonna see it. We've covered Roger Rabbit. I don't know if I brought it up then, but like I said, I just recently seen Chinatown, so the whole time I'm like, this seems very familiar. Oh, Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it's it's the exact same story, just with normal people, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Jack Nicholson. So I do recommend Chinatown. I think it's a really good movie. It's just well, it's just a lot more boring <laughs> if you don't you know they're actually talking about like la roads and everything while you know the whole time you're probably thinking about jokes from roger rabbit <laughs> well that's one that will make me watch it is because i'm trying to compare with what i've seen on roger rabbit <laughs> we'll make a great double feature watch chinatown and then watch roger rabbit you're gonna yeah like, it all makes there you sense. go and if you're also i gotta throw this in there but you know despite the show already ended there is an episode in Riverdale season two where they completely like do an homage to Chinatown. I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's a it's a wild episode, but it's uh there the whole episode is kind of dressed up as them doing Chinatown. So it's like you have the black, it's not black and white, but like they have that kind of tone. People are wearing the same costumes. They're, they're speaking the same. It, it's it's a really cool episode. Um, the Ninth Gate I also watched earlier this year. It has Johnny Depp as he's looking uh, through like Dante's Inferno, and basically, yes. yeah, I, I didn't like that movie. <laughs> I thought it was really boring. Uh, but Johnny Depp is doing his best in that one. That's what I remember. And the ending is pretty <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's it's just a wild movie. Basically, you know, Dante's Inferno. Actually, one of my personal like favorite literary stories, but. It's it's pretty, you know, it has a lot in, in it. You can theorize a lot in it. But what the Ninth Gate does is kind of like they try to do like the national treasure, essentially, but make it about that. And so it's like, I, you know, this is just weird. It's, yeah, yeah, you're hunting for treasure, but it's, you're using like the nine circles of hell. Like, I don't like that doesn't correlate to me. <laughs> but again, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to see Johnny Depp wearing glasses and a fedora, doing his best <laughs> to decipher poems it's a good the good movie for you <laughs> doing his best <laughs> yeah it's just it was just such a weird boring like it's it's one thing to be boring but it's one thing to be weird and boring like that's that's kind of how i describe <laughs> so i don't really recommend that one but it could not just you know it could just be me um last thing i will say though so again roman polanski very controversial because well he's not allowed in the usa he's not allowed back here uh, due to his drug-related sexual abuse of a 13-year-old girl in March of 1977. So at the time, he was 43. 
Oh my. And uh, mm. he was caught with a 13 to 14 year old girl or she will, she will be turning 14 with quaaludes in her system and was um, sexually abused. Um, so upon learning that he was likely to face imprisonment and subsequent uh, deportation because he is from Poland, uh, he decided to just uh, become a fugitive and get out of the state. Uh, he, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Watching Rosemary's Baby, I kept looking at the dynamic between her and her husband, I was like, why does she seem more like a little kid? Yep. yep. <laughs> it does change. <laughs> Desires coming through. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. I felt I the same so way. She's younger than her husband, and she's like a little kid. Ew, Roman, gross. Right. So he, he fled to England, and then he went to France in February of 1978. Uh, he went there hours before uh, he was due to be formally sentenced and so mm. since then Polanski has mostly lived in France and he has evaded uh, he has avoided visiting any other countries likely um, ah, he has avoided of visiting any other countries likely to be extradited and brought back to the US so he's just been kind of sitting there for uh, many decades <laughs> and he still wow. does He's still releasing films. Like he's got a few films that have been out recently. Like I think recently, as of like this year, maybe. Um, so he still is allowed to do that. But if he ever steps out of that uh, of France or England, and oh, I think it's France strictly. If he steps out of France, he is then be able to be arrested by anybody and brought back to the U.S. In the man, that's what you call a fun fact. Yeah, so he's not a very good dude, and but he has a lot of good movies, I should say, or you know, respectable films, I would say. And so, yeah, that's Roman Polanski. Like I said, I didn't want to do a big, you know, is who he is, is all his films kind of spotlight because again, I don't agree with obviously his situation. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, I do believe in separating artists from from the art in many different kind of ways. Um, but I also yeah. believe in letting the artist's voice speak through the art and so i think we will get into yeah. we kind of hinted at here we'll get into how weird the relationship between rosemary and her you know <laughs> i'm guessing rosemary has to at least be 19 given that it's 1960s and that her husband is probably pushing 45 right <laughs> and looks, it looks like it he gets older throughout the movie too it's so weird yeah <laughs> i'm like did you just like wait a minute he looks even older now yeah like halfway through the movie i'm like did he just grow wrinkles like he just <laughs> <laughs> every door he goes through they're just wrinkles up here <laughs> oh man um so yeah that's that's kind of it um i did I keep saying, okay, so Rosemary's Baby, before we get in, we're going to take a break, but before we get into that movie, Mom, um, Rosemary's Baby, what do you think about it in general, like, uh, as a pop culture type of title, rather than the actual movie, but like, you know, you hear Rosemary's Baby, what comes to mind? Anything. It it makes you wonder, I don't, I don't know, I would be curious, because that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. It's a very basic. It's very basic, but it's so basic. You're like, well, let me at least see the trailer because that could be anything. Yeah. Is yeah. this about a lady and her baby? Did something happen to the baby? Did something happen to her? Like, yeah. something's going to happen to her or this baby. And I'm going to check this out. 
Yeah, it's 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 a very interesting title. It does it's a grabber automatically. Again, studios out there. I mean, if there's one thing to learn from classic films, basic titles would be great. <laughs> I don't need everything. Yeah, to have, and then like, the name long... Rosemary is so innocent. So yes, yes. you can almost assume whatever's gonna happen. Um, someone you know, there's this innocent innocent lady and her baby, and something's gonna happen to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I would say the same too, especially if you bring it up to someone who's never heard of it before. But yeah. even so, what I think Rosemary's Baby, and I try to like really like go inside my mind here, I can't help but think like cliche. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Really? <laughs> that's because the plot is sucked in. It's one of the, I discussed this when it comes to other things, but like, uh, I can't remember exactly what episode we discussed this, but basically there are just like plot lines and stories that get sucked into every single like TV show or movie. And so, oh, you know, what I remember. So you remember the movie Cruel Intentions? Yes. And so like that's a really good one of my favorite movies. But like that plot line gets sucked into every single television show from like 2006 to 2017. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like that movie works well on its own to be like, you know, a, a, a good breezy like hour and 30 minute film about, you know, teenagers just being mean to each other and then finding love. <laughs> and then, you know, you get that plus kind of throwing in a little bit of uh, he's all that or she's all that, I should say, like that kind of storyline. Yeah. But then like yeah. you watch any TV show, that plot line gets thrown in into like and it becomes like a five episode arc. And it's like. It's amazing how like newer generations can simplify something that seemed so interesting beforehand. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Rosemary, ba- Rosemary's Baby kind of falls into the same kind of category where it's like Rosemary's Baby because <laughs> this, this, you know, we're taking that, we're adding it to this character, and so now we have a TV show, and it's like ah. And the reason I'm saying that is because like so number one. I think the the biggest culprit of this is American Horror Story, and it's because they did this plot line yeah. four dozen times. The very first season, it is very interesting. It's a very interesting take, but you know, the first season is essentially just taking Rosemary's Baby, taking Amityville, taking The Omen, or not really The Omen. It's just you're taking Rosemary's Baby, taking The Changeling, and then Amityville, and throwing it into one television series, and that's the that's essentially the first season. Of American Horror Story, like without yeah, pretty anything, much. That's it, and then <laughs> and then they do it again. <laughs> it's like okay, season two, the big twist is that the baby's an alien, <laughs> right? Right. It's, it's like okay, cool. You you did the same plot line, but it's a it's instead of the Antichrist, it's alien. Got it. Yeah. And then they do it again, <laughs> <laughs> and then they do it again in a whole yeah. other season. It's like okay, so now I'm getting kind of tired of them reusing or borrowing from Rosemary's Baby. Like again, yeah. season one, which was like 2011, they did it again. Uh, within uh, there's mm, ironically there's a season called Double Feature where it is Alien Baby that kind of happens. Mm. There. Um, there's another season that kind of ties in a lot of the other season from the past called apocalypse that's where they go more omen with it but obviously you kind of need rosemary's baby to kind of explain that plot line and so mm-hmm. the newest season which i'm really excited for because it looks good but american horror story delicate which is just emma roberts is a movie star and she gets pregnant and so weird things start happening and i'm like okay 
So it's Rosemary's Baby, but in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, can we not keep lay using... off a of Rosemary and her baby now? Like, yeah, like this is a good movie. We don't need to keep inserting it into different plot lines of different like it just for me it bothers me that it's it's a single plot line like it's just yeah it's not even the story it's just it's just it took them a long time though to kind of bring that thing back because before that i don't recall it being in any anything else before american horror story tried to kind of revive it it's like it just kind of disappeared for for some decades yeah Pregnancy, I think, was mostly beforehand. I want to say early two thousands, nineties. Pregnancy was more of like a thing to hide in television series. Yeah. And then I want to say around the time of around the rise of like the newer generation of teen dramas, it was a you know the rise of teen pregnancy became a thing, and so that was a good way of like MTV was like, well, I know we're the music channel, but let's insert other stuff, <laughs> and so teen pregnancy is a thing now, and so you kind of get yeah. that. But I, I understand what you mean. Like it was a, it was gone for a while up until American Horror Story, and that's where I again they did it so many times. They're doing it again, and I'm like, I get it. It's it's Rosemary's Baby, but come on, <laughs> we got to think of something else here. <laughs> yeah. Um, ironically, though, Mom, did you know that they? <laughs> so Rosemary's Baby does have a remake, and we will talk about this. Uh, when after our break, because it's one of the first things I want to talk about. But it does have like a remake or a mini series from 2014 with Zoe Saldana and Jason Isaacs. Um, withholding our thoughts on that, um, that came out in 2014, and so it was kind of bringing back the original, especially after you know audiences are kind of reintroduced to the concept through American Horror Story and some other TV shows out there that kind of used it. But that same exact year, and this cracks me up so much. That same exact year, we have basically two other remakes of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, okay. I was so confused. Thank you. <laughs> and they're all under different titles. So if you remember the first Annabelle movie, the first Conjuring spinoff, Annabelle. Yes. Basically, Rosemary's Baby with a doll. <laughs> okay, because I was so, okay. I was like, am I, what is going on here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still one of the worst, like horror movies i've seen it's so boring but it's basically rosemary's baby but you take out the cult and insert another cult that's supposed to be the manson family and then it's just like alfrey woodard jumps out a window (laughs) (laughs) i don't like thinking about that movie it's it irritates me but like that's it's essentially the same thing and it's funny that it came out the same exact year as the tv remake but another one came out the same exact year, and it's called. You ever remember a movie called Devil's Do? I do. Yes. The found footage movie about the woman who was pregnant, and it turns out. Yes. It's Rosemary's Baby, but with the camera. It's Rosemary. <laughs> Again, it's like Rosemary's Baby, Baby of Rosemary, Rose Baby's Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they just use the same exact plot line, and it's like. God. You're like, nope, come out of there. We still see you. They're like, oh, okay. Someone said, hey, Paranormal Activity was doing great. Let's remake Rosemary's Baby. And it's funny enough because that movie was done by the same people that have done the two recent Scream movies. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, it's okay. Now that it, because I was getting so confused, like, how many is it? What is going on? Are these. 
are these new ones? It's like, can you still can you see us? Yeah, we can still see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the closet door is open. You, <laughs> you didn't even close it all the way. But yeah, like I'm telling you listeners out there, you can just type in Rosemary's Baby. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the list, there's going to be so many that you're like, what? There's going to be a, a bunch of movies. It's going to be like, excuse me? <laughs> it's going to be like, you, Rosemary's Baby, Rosemary's Baby, Baby of Rosemary, Rose Baby's Mary. <laughs> <laughs> the apartment of Rosemary, of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it, it got ridiculous. And it's funny that it came out all in the same year. And so, yeah, there are still TV shows that do this weird plot line. Uh, it's just like even American Horror Story has like a spinoff, which is American Horror Stories. And there's two episodes where they do it. It's like, OK, cool. But again, so I just want to bring that out there. There are just these unofficial remakes of Rosemary's Baby. But we are going to talk about the original. So we're going to take one short break here and then we're going to get into Rosemary's Baby from 1968. presents Mia Farrow in a William Castle production, Rosemary's Baby, co-starring John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Morris Evans, and Ralph Bellamy, written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski from the best-selling novel by Ira Levin, suggested for mature audiences.
All right, guys, we're back. We're going to talk about Rosemary's Baby from 1968. The movie was released June 12th, 1968, directed by Roman Polanski, screenplay by Roman Polanski, based on the novel Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levin. I have not read this novel. didn't even know it was a novel until today. I didn't know it was one until you just said that. I feel like it's one of those airplane novels, so it might be like, like you know, 75 pages long. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to find that. Y'all love books. Yes. Uh, the film stars Mia Farrell, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, and Maurice Evans. And the plot goes as such. A young woman comes to believe that her offspring is not of this world. Rosemary Woodhouse and her struggling actor husband Guy, love that's his name, uh, moves to a New York City apartment with an ominous reputation and odd neighbors, Roman and Minnie Cassavette. When Rosemary becomes pregnant, she becomes increasingly isolated and the diabolical truth is revealed only after Rosemary gives birth. The film's budget was $3.2 million and the box office was th- ah, $33.4 million. And just some kind of bonus facts and background on the movie here. While it was primarily set in New York City, the majority of the principal photography for Rosemary's Baby took place in Los Angeles throughout the late 1967. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, That's a pretty high budget for that time, that that time period, right? Yes, extremely. But again, Roman Polanski, at the time he was considered, I guess, an ingenue, if you will. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, it received mostly universal acclaim. It was nominated for several accolades, including multiple Golden Globe Award nominations and two Academy Award nominations. But it winning for Beck's Best Supporting Actress for Ruth Gordon, who played Minnie, and the Golden Globe in the same category. So it is cool. It's a, definitely an Oscar-worthy film. You, you see it. If you watch the Oscars, they do like clips and stuff. You'll see this pop up sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, I don't remember, I don't know what was up that year, but I do think Mia Farrow should have gotten a nomination at the least for leading for actress. sure. Because she's so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. She definitely gave it her all. Uh, she's so beautiful. She was she so really beautiful. <laughs> uh, since the release, Rosemary's Baby has been widely regarded as one of the greatest horror films of all time, um, which I think is true. Despite half this movie being a drama. Yeah. Yeah. So in uh, 2014, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress uh, as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So it's one of, it's definitely, now it's officially one of the greatest movies of all time. Legally, it is. So that's pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. again, if you didn't know this, in 1976, television film Look What Happens to Rosemary's Baby uh, debuted, starring Patty Duke as Rosemary Woodhouse and Ruth Gordon reprises their role, reprises her role as Minnie Cassavette. The film introduces a, an adult Andrew slash Adrian attempting to earn his place as the Antichrist. It was disliked as a sequel by critics and viewers. And its reputation uh, deteriorated over the years. There we go. <laughs> didn't know that. Yes. Wow. I didn't know there. I mean, I don't say I didn't know, but I I knew there was a sequel, but I didn't know it was a TV movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the film is unrelated to the novel sequel, Son of Rosemary. So there is an official like sequel to the novel. Again, I, neither one of us has read the novel, but I, I, I assume we will at one point and we'll probably get to the sequel. 
So in this is definitely interesting. A remake of Rosemary's Baby was briefly considered in 2008. Uh, the intended mm. the intended producer was Michael Bay, Andrew Farm, yeah, Andrew Farm and Brad Fuller. Uh, I know two of those names, but the remake fell through later that same year. So this I think is definitely important, especially within the horror genre history, because 2008 we are kind of like right in the middle, right at the start of like the remake. We're, no, we're pretty much in the middle of the remake, like renaissance of films happening at this point you know michael bay and his whole company platinum dunes got a hold of a lot of rights and made a lot of deals and we had a whole lot of horror movies that were remade so we're talking it it kicked off with texas chainsaw massacre in 2003 movie that we will definitely get to soon and then you kind of go through the list there you got uh friday the 13th was in 2009 um beforehand though you got smaller movies like uh valentine's no my bloody valentine and uh, uh, the stepfather, it's Mother's Day, actually, which w- was was 2008. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, just a whole lot of like schlocky 80s movies, mainly slashers that were being remade. And it was all under Michael Bay. So it was pretty interesting that Rosemary's Baby kind of got lumped in there and was almost made. Uh, Brad Fuller is another name I know. Definitely uh, one of the co-owners of Platinum Dunes. But he also is a big TV guy. But like I said, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Amityville Horror, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's all him and uh, and um, Michael Bay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He also did Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so these guys did a lot. I think Brad Fuller also had some input in Glee. That's why I'm saying like he did a lot of TV as well. Um, but yeah, that's all him. Which is just uh, wild that again, Rosemary's Baby. We, I, I kind of want to see what their version would have been like. If I were to guess, based on those like remakes, it would have been very CW heavy. <laughs> uh, we're talking right. like they probably would have overly modernized it, and we're talking like Rosemary's walking around in low rise jeans and like a, a bra. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like thirty instead of the. They're probably a little older. Um, a lot sweatier. <laughs> they probably would move it from. <laughs> right. They probably would move it from New York to like California because most of those things were based in California. I, I yeah, I can see. I can kind of assume what their version would have been like, but it kind of fell through over the years. So this brings us to the movie that I do want to spend some time on. Uh, into the in January of 2014, NBC made a four-hour Rosemary's Baby miniseries starring Zoe Saldana as Rosemary. And the miniseries was filmed in Paris under the direction of a French filmmaker whose name I cannot pronounce. But she seems like a nice lady. I did watch some behind-the-scenes stuff. She's a very small. She kind of looks like um, she kind of looks like the old lady from Poltergeist, <laughs> actually. Oh wow! She looks like her wearing like a sweater. It's it's so she looks Aww. so cute, <laughs> and she doesn't really speak a lot of English very well. But you can watch the behind-the-scenes. She looks so cute. I'm like, oh. She's a director. <laughs> but yeah, so this, do you, you remember this coming out? Did you, did you remember this when it initially came out? I, d- I do. I didn't watch it when it first came out. Cause I was like, what? Yeah. But then I, I am a fan of Zoe and I was like, well, okay, I'll get back to it. It wasn't something that I rushed to watch, but I did watch out of support for Zoe. Cause I really do like her as an actress. That actually is what, drew me back to it just to see what she was 
you know, what she brought to it, to this classic, you know? Yeah. Uh, so do you remember when you went back to it and what did you think about it of this version compared to the original? Well, I really was annoyed by her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't get their hair right. In this I movie. was like, who was the stylist for this? Um, so that was the first thing. I kept getting distracted by that. But I honestly, even again, I love Zoe. She was she was a great actress in this, but it just really didn't. I'm the kind of person where I'm looking for as much of the original sauce as possible. Okay. And if there's too many tweaks, I'm going to be disinterested. I just, I don't know. I didn't like the modern feel. They tried this. I just didn't, I didn't care for it. I really didn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but this is not, it's not, it's Rosemary's baby. baby, but it's not Rosemary's baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's Zoe's baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> baby of Zoe. Let's do this <laughs> five more times. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think that's the general consensus of the overall opinion that I, most people I honestly, you're like this third person that I've ever talked to about this with. Cause I don't think anyone remembers this existing, but I think that's the general kind of like review of it. I, I like it a lot. <laughs> I, so uh, I'll get into Rosemary's Baby, but I have rewatched this original movie like this is like my third, fourth time watching it. But I've seen the 2014 version many times. <laughs> uh, it just kind of randomly <laughs> pops up. and I'm like, oh, cool. It's Zoe Saldana. So basically, I remember that I I I I'm, I misremember that I had already watched it and then we'll watch it again, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, did I watch so this? I did, that. I did that too. Yeah. And the, here's the funny part about it. When I rewatched it is when it clicked. Oh yeah, this was a series. Yeah. I was thinking I was going into a movie and I was like, wait, yeah. huh? Oh, that's right. This was a series. Okay. Yeah. They did the old school Stephen King of like, it's a, it's a series. So you got to tune in each yeah. night of this one week that it'll show. <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i do remember this coming out I, I remember the promo this is actually one of the things that i remember me and stepmom kind of bonding over she naturally likes like uh like a lifetime type of stuff and at this <laughs> lifetime television for women yeah <laughs> yeah like you know very overly dramatic thrillers and so um i have to admit i kind of fell into that as, as well at this point though i was deep 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 into my uh like 80s movies phase like i was discovering a lot at this point now this is january so I, that summer would have when i really had like the big like boom of like oh i'm watching the breakfast club every like day and you know i'm watching mm. pink i'm watching saint almost fire like you know i'm watching all those 80s movies john hughes specifically but like at this point i was interested in like older things and so I remember the promos for this, and then I remember like leading up to the night it was premiering. Now at this point, I think I was reevaluating like Child's Play, like I was watching those movies again. And so yeah. I remember the week they were premiering this, I was like, okay, we got to sit down and watch this. So me and her kind of sat down and watched this each night that it was on, and. I remember us really liking it. Now I can tell she did not know anything about the original movie <laughs> and I had only 
had like sliver of knowledge. Like I knew the basic, you know, general pop culture. Oh, this is about the Antichrist type of deal. I did not know the entire thing though. I hadn't seen the movie, the original movie yet. And so I remember really liking this version of it. I thought Zoe Saldana is definitely a great choice. She's, I think it's a really interesting choice for her specifically. I kind of view her as kind of like a, a contemporary uh, or a new generation's version of like a mix between uh, Angelina Jolie. She's kind of like a mix between yeah. Angelina Jolie and Natalie Portman. <laughs> in yeah, a way. I agree with that one for sure. Yes. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> she's she's very she's like she's has these, she's has a lot of like strong roles. She's very independent, and so seeing her in a role such as Rosemary, where like you were saying, she has to kind of play childlike a bit, but they modernized it. And I remember like I like some of the changes in here as well. Number one, I love the fact that they moved it from New York to Paris. Like, I just I think that's a great choice. I love that region, and I think putting if you want to change up this story setting it in a different location that would kind of revert back to more of a you know the we'll get into it but the original movie does deal with a lot of catholic guilt and so taking yeah. that part and amplifying it i thought was really cool um i remember that zoe saldana was trying her hardest <laughs> much like johnny depp in the ninth gate she was doing her best <laughs> with the right. role she didn't it was kind of tough seeing her in such a vulnerable role because she's usually such a tough cookie you know yeah i'm used to seeing her like running and gunning and you know fighting a giant purple alien but she's right she's she's i think she does good from what i remembered um i remember this series being a lot more there was been a lot more time with the the cult members and guy and that's where i was like Anytime these like white people showed up, I got bored. <laughs> but I was like, I want to go back to Zoe Saldana and this baby. I like, I think they re- did really good at, uh, I think they did really well at like modernizing her side of the story. But I think everything else, when they try to include the, the lore and some of the other stuff, and I, I think they kind of fell through with that. But I liked it overall. I, I it's just, like I said, I kind of forget I watched it, so I'll end up rewatching it. And I, I, I like this one, but I understand why they they did change a lot from the original. Like, you know, Rosemary in this one isn't a stay-at-home mom or a, as an aspiring stay-at-home mom in this one. She's a lot older. She's a dancer. Guy is an actor. He's a writer who is making movies. And so the, the, the next-door neighbors are much younger, and they come off as more of like – they come off as more of like, you know, swingers, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. And so, yeah, but you know, of... it could be just like the age or the genre too, because you know, I'm much older, so yeah. it's like, uh, nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if for me, it, it largely worked, and I could still watch it and be fine, but I do understand they did change a significant amount of things. Like, the movie is much darker visually, it's very hard to see, and it is cut up like a TV show. So yeah, I think that editing style. So I wonder if do you things. think you would have still had the same feeling if you had seen the original one first? Yeah, I, I okay. think that I well, I'm, I personally think I would still have the same type of feelings because I have the same type of feelings about other things where I did see the original first and then like the remake. But okay, you know, obviously, yeah, because I was like that with Carrie. The remakes were awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the again an, another property that has like a dozen remakes for some reason. <laughs> right, but for me that's rare. Like yeah. I like the original sauce. Like yeah, 
All right. Um, so two final things, and then we'll definitely move into the movie. Uh, in 2016, the film has an unofficial was unofficially remade in Turkey, and it has a title that I cannot pronounce. So, but mm. somewhere out there in Turkey, there is their own version of this movie. <laughs> There's another version. <laughs> yes. So add that to the tally. It's. Oh my gosh. I, I don't even want to. I feel like if I try and pronounce this title, it's going to be offensive. But it's like Alament I Kiamat. But that again, it's Turkish, so I don't know how that's. I don't know what the accents mm. are like. Um, and then, so this is something I did find. So there is, there's a short film called Her Only Living Son. And this was from the 2017 anthology horror film called XX or Double X. And it serves as an unofficial sequel to the story. Now, this mm. is something I did watch today as of this recording. Like earlier this day after I got done watching the movie. I tracked down this anthology movie. I skipped all the other stuff because it's at the very end. Uh, it looks bad anyway. Like the the actual like anthology movie just looks really. It's on Tubi. If that if that helps, <laughs> that kind of okay. gives you the, the the vibe of it of what it's going. Right. On. So I kind of like skimmed through it, and everything looked really bad. But mm. this, it is this last short film is the very last one on their on the movie, and it it, it the quality changes. It's like okay. So they have like three bad short films and then they checked a good one at the end. <laughs> like it looks like you can okay. tell the quality change. So I did watch this. Um, it's like 10 minutes long. So it's very short. And it's basically they have a different actress, um, obviously, because Mira Farrell is a lot uh, older now. And they have this kid. And so what the 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 short film is essentially that it's 17 years later after the events of this first movie. It you know they they kind of replay the ending and she goes to see a doctor, and she pretty much this doctor gives her money and she flees out of New York with the baby, getting away from the mm. cult. And so you jump ahead seventeen years later, it's like nineteen seventy something, and essentially she changed her name to Cora, and it is now uh <laughs> no yeah <laughs> she has a little name tag all, uh, throughout the movie. No. Um, and so basically the story that is, it's coming up on his 18th birthday and things are happening. Basically he like ripped the fingernails off of a young, of, of, of a classmate at school. Mm. He's getting into a lot of trouble. Apparently he has like a small cult of students at the school. This is all done in dialogue. We never see it. Um, and so the mom is just kind of like, or Rosemary essentially is just kind of freaking out. It's like, okay, I can't control this kid anymore. I, I've done all I can. And now she's having a lot of strangers come up to her and be like, hey, we can help you out. And she's like, I don't think you can. She has like a weird mailman that keeps hitting on her, but then turns out they're all cult members. And essentially, oh, wow. yeah, it's like this is all done in 10 minutes, by the way. So it's like it's very like talky. <laughs> they don't really show you a mm. lot. And it was fine. Mm. Like it's a it's a it's a weird it's a nice like imagining of what would happen afterwards again. And so like the what i did notice is that the actor that plays little uh and his name is andrew or uh no no she calls him the reason you know it's rosemary's baby by the way is the fact that she calls in the beginning she calls the baby uh andy or jenny which is what rosemary is calling the baby before it's born in the movie that's the only indication okay. that's the only indication that and that the father is a movie star that's the only indication that that kind of connects it to the original movie uh, other than that, Ooh. yeah, she the kid is, is named uh, 
they do call him Adrian, but I think his name is Andrew, but she calls him Andy. And so he, okay. kinda, it's just a, it's just a white guy. It's just a white kid in like a wig and he looks like Charles Manson. <laughs> and so he's growing like fingernails. He has a box full of fingernails. He like kills the dog. It's just a, again, it's like, it's just creepy things are happening. This woman is losing her mind. But what I did notice that made me like, kind of like perk up is that the actor playing Rosemary's son is someone who I've seen before. This connects all the way back to what I was talking about earlier about the umpteenth copycats and remakes of Rosemary's Baby. So mm -hmm. the actor playing Rosemary's Baby is his name is Kyle Allen, not confusing with the football star, but actor Kyle Allen is a young actor. Um, so he was the star. He was one of the newer stars of American Horror Story Apocalypse. And so in American Horror Story Apocalypse, his character, along with another a female character they're kind of seen as the adam and eve archetypes like they're just the random people that were chosen to be kept from the apocalypse because it all takes place in a bunker and so okay. they're supposed they're kind of pushed to have sex and have a baby but obviously if you watch american horror story you know it gets really weird and there's time travel and anastasia mm -hmm. is involved for some reason but you, the very end of that season is kind of <laughs> This actor and the girl that, you know, it's a different timeline as though they end up meeting anyways and they end up getting together and having a baby. And so that baby becomes the new Antichrist. And I think that was extremely funny coincidence because it's like this little short film was in 2017. Two years later, he would essentially be playing the father of a character he already played. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see where they were going with that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, do I recommend that short film? You can watch clips on YouTube, and I think that's all you need, um, if you're interested. And then last thing is that uh, in June of 2022, so the main reason I put this movie on our podcast list is because I wanted this movie to come out. But a disgusting stated that the company, uh, the company had received announcement that the film, um, Apartment Seven A was secretly a prequel to Rosemary's Baby. So a while ago, yeah, back in like 2021, 2022, but really as they were trying to amp everybody up after the pandemic, a bunch of like horror movies got announced. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but a whole lot of horror movies got announced and we haven't heard much of them. And some of them have come out like a little later. So, you know, movies that kind of came out earlier this year, there was a, a sequel to another sequel to children of the corn that came out earlier this year that kind of no one knows about there's a a remake of salem's lot a lot of these are stephen king but I'll, there's a remake of salem's lot that has yet to come out but that was announced at the same time a24 has like few horror movies that has not come out but they were all announced there's like a whole bunch of horror movies got announced in 2022 that summer and this was one of them so i remember okay. this one catching my eye because it was like it was basically just they had the title. It was Apartment 7A. And everybody was like, oh, this looks interesting. And Blumhouse was like, yeah, this is our this is our new one. Oh, I don't think it was Blumhouse, but it was, it was some studio. It's like, this is our new one. It's got a secret thing to it. And I'm like, OK, I kind of recognize this marketing tactic they're using where I'm like, this movie has to be a secret movie. They kind of did the same mm -hmm. thing with the Blair Witch sequel. They went to Comic-Con and they called it The Woods and then the day after they released the trailer online, they flipped everything, like they flipped the posters around and it said Blair Witch. And everybody was like, oh my God, it's a sequel. <laughs> so I saw the kind of same thing here. It had the same font as the Rosemary's Baby title. So there was already speculation. 
And so it did come out that this was a secret prequel to Rosemary's Baby about the person who had the apartment before her and Guy moved in. Okay. We haven't heard anything since. It was supposed to come out this year around this time, which is why I had the podcast here. But we haven't heard anything since. You can look it up online. It just says in development still. It's been mm-hmm. it's been a year. Usually you can get a movie done by that time, but we haven't heard anything. So hopefully this movie comes out soon. I'm very interested in what they do with this. Um, but I think a prequel uh, investigating the person who was in the apartment beforehand would be really interesting just because they kind of drop a lot of hints in the, in the, in the original movie. But um, yeah. Hmm. So the really quick, the children of the corn, is that, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> is that where the, the main character is Eden and not Malachi? Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I did see that. Okay, I you thought see, that you was hilarious. <laughs> it's like the girls, the, the leader now, right? It's more the girl. Yeah, that's Eden. Okay, yeah, that yeah. cracked me up. Yeah, I only watched like the first couple of minutes, and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, "What is? What is this? Yeah, what are they doing here? Yeah, yeah, they're crazy." <laughs> oh man, I just and the funny thing is that Zarya loves Children of the Corn. She loves those movies. Really? Yeah, she's I mean, I liked it. It's, I just feel like the girl, Eden is a little bit more treacherous than Malachi, I feel like. But it was, it was interesting. I need, maybe I need to finish it then. I just was oh, really weirded out by wild. it. Oh, yeah, she's way more treacherous than Malachi. Oh, boy. And again, it's like the, I think that's like the, the 19th Children of the Corn movie? Yeah. It's that many? It's it's a lot of them, <laughs> yes. It is, it's rivaling like one of the biggest or and it's all like straight to dvd movies too but like yeah there's there's a lot of them i think wow. it's either i think that new one is either 18 or 19 i want to say 18 mm. but yeah I, well this little girl has definitely taken over <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I was okay. Like, Whoa. <laughs> okay um i'm gonna do a little break here and because i want to separate it editing wise but we're gonna get into the movie here okay so now we're here to talk about rosemary's baby <laughs> uh mom <laughs> Your guest of honor here, one-on-one episode. Overall thoughts on this original movie? I love Rosemary's Baby. I I love it. It was, it was just this everything. I I really like everything about it. Everything about it. It had its humorous points, serious points. It drew. It it did draw a lot of emotion out of you too. You know, there's parts where you're angry. You're like, what's going on? You're confused. You're like empathizing with the mother in her. Then you're empathizing with the husband. It's many parts that you can empathize with. Um, the curiosity that it it keeps like you're just curious the whole way. But then when you start figuring out like, oh, wow, this is this is crazy. This is it's kind of like this is a taboo. Like, can I watch this? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <is> this OK? <laughs> is someone watching. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I love it. All right, yeah, yeah, I agree. This is one, like I said, this is one of those like influential movies for me. Um, this is a really well made film, and I think I appreciate it the most on that level. I like the way the story is told, but yeah, this time around, I definitely paid attention to more of the acting and just the staging of it all. And I just think this is just such a really well done movie, but it does touch on a lot of subjects. That I was like. Being that it is 2023, it's like, I'm uncomfortable. 
<laughs> you know, you've got like religion, you've got healthcare, you've got marriage, you've got yeah, it's mostly yeah, for <laughs> the me. elderly life, the young yeah. life, the, um, you know, death, just all kind of things, just all of it in here, and it all mixes really well. So that was something that doesn't really hold up too much, but I think that does. It just all mixes really well to create this really interesting story. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is well done. I want to say right at the top here, the opening like credits. I was like, oh, it's pink. <laughs> <laughs> the letters like it was kind of hard to read them because it was so bright. It's pink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right away, I love that we get right into Rosemary and Guy, this young couple moving into an apartment in New York. They're you know, they, I, man. I love the fact that this little detail cracks me up because I feel like every person does this when they're looking at a new apartment or a house. You flush the toilet to make sure it works. Right, right. I love that little detail. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, right away, we're kind of just thrown into their relationship. They seem like a nice couple. They're obviously buying this apartment, but you know, we get our first little mystery of like, why did the previous owner like die? And second, why does she have the time to move this you know, dresser in front of the closet. And so mm -hmm. that definitely, that's the first thing It's like, okay, well that will come back, you know, eventually. Um, but yeah, right into it here. What do you think about Rosemary and Guy? And well, you know, the main characters of the movie, what's your overall thoughts on these guys? They were really cute in the beginning. They were really cute. I like just, you know, that whole new beginning, that fresh new beginning of a, a marriage and, starting out everyone's all hopeful and <laughs> <laughs> yes Before the reality of things setting in like i thought they were really cute they were in love you know as time went on guys kind of irritated me a little bit like he oh, kind man. of you could tell he settled into that that married life a lot quicker you know um I did like the fact that even though he was, uh, you know, he was very protective of her. He still kind of let her do her thing at times. Like he gave her her space. She gave him his space. They respected each other. That whole traditional thing. Um, it, and then, But to see that he had done what he'd done at the end, you know, towards the end, that was a little disappointing. Like, mm -hmm. now what made you do that? Why would you do that? You know what I mean? And the fact that I love that she, even though she loved him, she still stood her ground. She knew what she knew, and that was that. You yes. know, it was just like that a typical married couple at the, in that time period. You know, yeah, <laughs> for the limitations that there was. Right, right. That would look different now. <laughs> oh man, I feel like yeah. But, nowadays, yeah. Rosemary would have beat the bricks off of him immediately. Oh, <laughs> oh man, but yeah. I agree with you. From at the very beginning, they seem like a nice, handsome couple, if you, if you will. If I'm using like '60s lingo, it yeah, they were they seemed really nice, really young. Um, man, like we've said this before, but like Rosemary is so pretty. She's just so like flawlessly gorgeous in this movie. Yeah, she's absolutely beautiful. Just so pretty. Yeah, she like falls into the same like Mia Farrell kind of falls in the same category as Janet Lee for me. Like she's just so pretty like she's just you just can't yeah. stop looking at her it's just so delicate and you know yeah. just really sweet yes yeah, like has... it was kind of weird though because i was like how is he like a lot older than <laughs> he looks so youthful and i'm like so, and there were moments in their interaction where it was like more like a dad and a daughter 
I was like, okay, that looks kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm telling you, every like we're gonna go with it. As the movie goes on, every scene, I'm telling you, I feel like he just grows like crow's feet. It, it's like yeah. <laughs> Roman, you dirty boy, you dirty bird. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty bird. I'm like, can I see this man's ID? We need to make sure. But yeah, I I like them a lot. Although, yeah, I man, guy, I quickly grew to un I just I don't like this dude. I not even I mean it obviously for what he does, but like throughout the movie he just grows more some like dismissive. And yeah, yeah selfish and just kind of I just want to like shake him just reach to the screen and just shake yeah him. like what are you doing I, I never got the answer though like what made him like why didn't he protect them from these creepy people like what made you join into this they, I, they didn't get into that because at first I was like are they is this a part of his is this what he he, he does and he's never told her was this like what made him go into that with them yeah, they I, don't really answer that. I feel like it's implied, but I've always assumed that he made this deal with them. Like he, they chose her, and he was like, you know, he may have been like creeped out at first, but when it came to his his career, he's an actor. He he's only had a, a few small parts, but he wants to make the big jump. He's up for a few parts. Okay, so, like, so he's to, doing it for the fame. Okay, in exchange for okay, I got you. Utilizing his wife. <laughs> Man, and you just again, you just unlike him, and so yeah, when you go into that ending of her just kind of standing against him, it's like, yeah, you, you kind of deserve it. Yeah. So even then, it was big to sell your soul for fame, huh? Wow. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah, because he he gets this leading part, and the guy that had it originally went blind randomly. Right. Right. They he uh basically he sacrificed his wife for. You know, fame, fortune, Mm-mm. living in Beverly Hills, like he told her. Like, yeah, wow. I do want to say though, I do like there are great moments in this with Guy where he does clearly feel guilty. Yeah, and he was really protective of her at points too. Like, yeah. okay. And in the beginning, he was like, "Well, let's not get too close to these people." It was more of her that was more welcoming to them. Yeah, and then at some point it just kind of switched roles. Yeah, it, it's definitely like so. Yeah, they go and have like a steak dinner with them, and so at the end of that, I do like the scene. Rosemary is like helping Minnie kind of just wash the dishes, and she's drying as Minnie's mm-hmm. washing. So Rosemary's like, "You, you want me to help? You kind of take it a little bit too long." Right? She's like, "No, no, 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 no." I like Ruth's character. I love Ruth's character, Minnie. Even though she's evil, she that was she was funny. That was my girl. That Just the a, way she talked. That was a perfect impression, man. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about them in a sec. But there's that scene where she looks over and yeah, guy and Roman are smoking, and so I think that's when he makes like the deal, and so he he starts seeing them on his own. Yeah, because you see them for a second, so who knows what they're talking about on that couch before they got back in there? Right. Just. Man, and yeah, he just sold out his wife for a baby, mm-hmm. and that baby equals fame. And so, yeah, you just make mm-hmm. that deal, and you pay the toll. And I, it does suck that she has to be the one to kind of, like, bear most of the pain. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there are small moments where I do think Guy feels extremely guilty, but he's just trapped. You know, you get it first where after she wakes up from her very uh, obviously 
was raped the night before, but also just the weird dreams. It's just a weird dream. Yeah, yeah. And she has like the scratches on her, and he's like making up all these like really weak lies. <laughs> he's like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I cut my fingernails this morning. I'm sorry. I saw what I did. It's like, sir, you could. <laughs> yeah, he was very charismatic, and, uh, you know, he was able to kind of talk his way out of anything. Like an actor. <laughs> yep. But yeah, yeah. As we went on, I just wanted to like shake guy till he just like you know head, head fell off. But I yeah, I was like, shame on you. <laughs> yeah. Overall, still good. And then yeah, so we quickly meet their next door neighbors, which is Roman and Minnie. And I do love your impression. <laughs> oh boy, Minnie. Yeah. What overall thoughts on Roman and Minnie here? What what you got? Um, <laughs> it's kind of a. I don't know what the right word is at the moment. It's it's a uh, you know even though their character you you probably shouldn't like them. I actually liked Roman and Minnie though. They were they were funny like they played their roles. Yeah, just the- you know especially Minnie like they were diabolically sweet people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. you know you <laughs> know. Yeah. Right, I gotta just come in. No, I'm just gonna come in. How much? How much you pay for that couch? Oh, it's <laughs> nice. I just loved hearing her talk and and like Roman always had this smile on his face, but it was very sinister though. Like yes. there was something behind that smile every time, and you just could not help but you know that pointed nose. <laughs> Man, he looks he just like looked diabolically nice, diabolically kind. Man, if he had, um, they were very yeah. seductive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were seductive with their kindness. Ooh, and they got her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I will say with uh with Roman, if if he had a hat, he would like every like evil like businessman in every single like movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's something about his sell. nose. I kept looking at. Yeah, I'm like if he just had on a hat, he could easily sell me a car. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for real. Like he's got that look in his face. That was a perfect actor for that. Yes, but I kept thinking this may sound weird, but I kept thinking about the red devil on the hot sauce bottle. Uh, yes, he actually had that face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> but yeah, I I do like the I do what you mean. I do like them as characters, but it's like ah. Uh, what they do is so messed up but like you can't help but like want to hear more from them <laughs> right right it's like you hated to see them coming but then again it's like okay what's up yeah. what's up guys you can see how <laughs> guy kind of like roped into whatever story roman was telling him <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, but yeah i do think minnie is my favorite she i oscar will deserve because she does like play this role really well i just love how she just <laughs> She is that next door neighbor, that old, old nosy. Yeah, door. that annoying old lady next door that wants to do just too much, and she's too overly nice. But it's like that's a red flag too, though. That they're yeah. too nice and too like. Wait a minute. Right, right, right. I, like the scene that cracks me up, and it's like <laughs> Rosemary. They ha- kind of argue the night before, and like you know, guy wants to go back over there, but she's like, no, no, no. I don't want to. So he's like, well, I'll go. You stay home. And she's like, fine. So she has like this nice little like day planned for herself. She puts on a record. She has like the magazine. Oh, right. When right. She sits down. Then here comes Minnie and that lady. Is it Laura Louise? <laughs> Laura Louise. <laughs> they sit down. And so she's like, oh, we're just visiting. She's wanted to meet you. And then they sit down and start yeah. knitting. 
<laughs> start right like they just make themselves comfortable she's like oh you know uh then she gave her the necklace she was like i got a gift for you and da -da 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 talk 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 <laughs> yeah, I want to share the couch. Come look at this couch. I'm gonna look at the couch. Yeah, it's like <laughs> this random lady to look at my furniture. Yeah. Yes. It's like, why would you do that? No boundaries at all. Just sits down, and it was just weird how they were just knitting. It looked like something <laughs> that you would see in a play. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something the characters did, but yeah, it's just the audacity of it all. It's just yeah. like, we just came to say hi real quick, but then we're gonna sit down and knit. You know, knitting takes hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. It was going so fast with the knit thing, just click, 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 click. Yes. Oh yes, I love this detail. She has like really big rings on throughout the entire movie. Mm -hmm. So whenever and she then shoved like, the gift to her, which is a gift from a dead girl, like yes. here. Oh yes, the dead girl. Yeah. So earlier in the movie, Rosemary does make a friend in a laundry room. Uh, she has a, another weird name as well, but I just called her Terry. We got Terry, and she's another tenant. She's actually living with the Cassavettes, Minnie and Roman, and she's like, you know, I was on drugs and stuff, and they helped me, and so I'm really grateful for them. And so, you know, she's like she's doing really well, and then the next day, she just hops out a window. Right. She's gone. First, yeah, like, you know, if the, if the old couple, well, I guess she hasn't met the old couple at this point, so, you know, if the history of the building wasn't a red flag enough this here is a, a large flag right and body. the way they played that off was hilarious <laughs> she was like oh mm, oh my god she just turns to roman like <laughs> yeah oh the poor thing has there been an accident yeah. like wait a minute <laughs> right it's like oh she was like a daughter to us anyway you want to come over right right <laughs> right He's like, anyway need... you want to come over <laughs> y'all need time to grieve like it's like a daughter to us oh my gosh that's so sad but anyway you Is come he... up and have dinner it was immediately immediately oh man i guess we also should mention yeah the the building the, that they're living in has some history i put apartment building has spooky history and it has like some bit of witchcraft in there and there's also like something from like the 1900s i think that's what they were saying or i guess this would be the 1900s but like mm -hmm. turn, he says the turn of the century so i'm thinking 18 there 1900s but there's a guy named markel who lived there and he's said that he conjured the devil there and the people found out and killed him. <laughs> I thought that was right. Cool. It's like, guys, I did something. Get him. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like they, and uh, we have something about the Trent sisters who were also involved. And then the house was empty, or the apartment building, which was a house, was empty for a really long time up until to well, up until the effects of World War II, and that's what filled the house again. And that's when people found it and re renovated it and split it up into apartments and then uh the last thing that was there before terry's death was that in 1959 a dead infant was found in the basement in the newspaper and so mm -hmm. after hearing all of that guy and rosemary buy the the apartment the next day <laughs> they still do it yes oh man over a steak again there's a lot or i guess they're eating lamb at that point but there's a lot of meat eating in this movie Raw meat eating too. Ooh, yeah, oh yeah, that scene. I And Mia Farrell was a a devout uh vegetarian, but she for the sake mm -hmm. of the role, she ate the meat. Yeah, the baby needed it. 
again, she needed that Oscar. Like she was, she, you know, she deterred from her own diet for this film. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that's dedication guys. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, anything else about Minnie and Roman you want to bring up before I go into a, a little topic here? No, they were just annoyingly, seductively, diabolically awesome people. <laughs> yeah, yes. Although I'd never want to taste anything mini cooks. From what Rosemary Absolutely was saying, Absolutely not. It sounded like really bad. <laughs> yeah. That dessert. Um, mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-mm. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the little shake she was giving her. Oh, mm, it looked good. It looked gross. <laughs> I love just everything. She had on too much jewelry. I wouldn't want to eat anything out of from that lady. Just she just I don't yeah. know. One of the fascinating things I love about this movie, and I think this is something I bring up about every movie that I end up liking, but I did pay attention to a lot of the staging of this movie and just the costuming and coloring. And I <laughs> love That's it. Many. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, Roman was a little dapper though. He was yes. a little dapper. Um, their apartment, their house was like, wow, this is an interesting decorating. I want to know. It was like very Catholic. Yes, yes. I I need to know what the rent they were paying because (laughs) these are huge apartments for New York. This is huge. (laughs) Yeah, huge apartments. I'm like, whoa, man. But uh, I just love the fact that Rosemary in this throughout the movie, she's wearing like light colors. She's most of the yeah. time she's wearing light colors, and she's represented that way. Whenever she gets dressed up to go over to the Casavets is when she wears something dark. Um, mm-hmm. to the end, but throughout the movie, she's wearing these lighter colors, and I notice she's mostly wearing yellow and light blue, which is yeah. colors that are often associated with, at least back then, with baby boys. Oh, yeah, nice. I I love that uh, little aspect of it, and you know, also I, I realize in this movie. Yellow is her is indicates comfort for her. So whenever anything happens, you know she always she reverts back to wearing yellow. Yeah, yeah. And then she had the yellow covers and yeah. So like a good example would be you know when her and guy get into the argument and she's like crying about the pain and you know the pain and everything after the party, and then when the pain stops, we cut. She's back to wearing yellow. She's got energy. She's comfortable mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Good observation. <laughs> I just, I just love that. And so, yeah, guy is mostly wearing blue, um, and it's it's very like different tones of blue. He starts off kind of wearing light blue, but as the movie goes on, he's wearing like navy. And then, uh, as for now, Minnie and Roman, I thought their wardrobe was hilarious. Roman, it does. He's just ready for <laughs> anything. Like he's, he looks anything. dapper. He's got on a house coat. He's got on a, a like any any time of day. This man is just dressed to the nines, <laughs> and I loved it. Minnie, on the other hand, is wearing whatever she sees out of a magazine. I don't know where she wears everything at once. <laughs> The outfit where it's like green and pink at the same time. And again, she's wearing all this gold, so it's like nothing really matches, but she's (laughs) She worked it though. Her makeup. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. She had that whatever happened to Baby Jane feel with that makeup. Yes. The eyeshadow was deep. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, yeah, that is that's definitely what I noticed. Also, the apartments, you know, the 
Rosemary's apartment is very light colored. You have the yeah, like the yellow walls, the yellow. Uh, yeah, when they did the baby's nursery, it was white and yellow. Yeah, and their bedroom was yellow, and so even though there was no point to doing that, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it looked nice. <laughs> But then, you know, when we trans over into Minnie and Roman's apartment, you know, it's very dark. It's very suede. Like, uh, yeah. Very brown. Yeah. Like, a, like some, like the, the Spanish goth quarters or something. Yeah. It looked very royal. Like they had like, like royalty. Cathedral or something. Yeah. yeah. The velvet. It was like velvet red every, in different spots. And yeah. All the candles. No, all the curtains were closed. And... Yeah. It was just. Mm, it was exquisitely weird. Definitely, yes. It was just like exquisite but creepy in a way, like luxuriously creepy. It looked like you know, it's one of those houses where it's just too clean. Like it's like, yeah. Do people live here? <laughs> it kind of reminds you of like a museum too, because they had like a lot of just stuff, things, yeah. just random things put together, but they were luxurious things. So I'm like, why does it look like a museum in there? And then Rosemary noticed that they took pictures off the wall, I think she said. Yes, yes. They took mm-hmm. And then you see them again at the very end where they're all back up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, I, that's one thing I love about Rosemary. I think Rosemary is a great character. She Yeah, very is, intelligent. Yeah, she's so smart. She catches on quick. She's very observant. Mm-hmm. She doesn't stand around. She knew something was wrong from the very beginning. I mean, yeah. obviously she was being nice to them at the beginning, but when, you know, after... she knew how to play it too. She knew yeah. how to play it. As soon as she caught on to something, she knew like, okay, I spoke on it. They don't believe me. So I know I'm how I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. She tasted that dessert. She knew it was nasty. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how she covered it up. <laughs> she threw the, yeah. She was like, no, something, this don't taste right. Man, so it's like it, it makes it even more tragic that what happens to her happens, but it's like she, she yeah. did try her best. She caught on, she did her own research, which is something you don't see nowadays when it comes to like. And it could have been worse because she didn't eat it all. She poured some of that yeah. in that napkin. Yeah, yeah. She was supposed so to I eat it. So I feel like the fact that she didn't eat all of it is why she still had some sort of an awareness. Yeah, yeah. Because if she had eaten that whole cup, Oh, she would have had no awareness, but she had some sort of awareness like, wait a minute, this is not a dream. Right, yes. Because all of it didn't get in her system. Oh, boy. Do we want to talk about that scene? I don't know. (laughs) Are we comfortable about talking about that whole passing out? You know, it was just weird. mm, It was a lot going on right there. I was like, what? Yeah, I was very uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah. The drawing on her body and the yeah the yeah, yeah. Again, just horror movies and <laughs> naked old people in groups like no yeah <laughs> like no one that has to be that will forever be the scariest thing you could ever do like yes I was like look at all the skin just falling <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, man I forgot I was this. uncomfortable with that scene though I was yeah. and so. To, but to to put that scene back in 1968, Ooh, man. I said, "Oh, you was pushing, pushed, you was pushing it, yeah. pushing it with that one." Definitely, but again, it also shows you like how society will let things slide because you know, again, Roman Polanski at this point is succeeding as like the rising star of cinema. 
you know, this same mm-hmm. year, 1968, you know, or just a couple of years earlier, people flipped out because of a toilet when it came to Psycho. Right, just right. Eight, eight right. years before, you know, Janet Lee's in her bra. Then you could show uh, a naked body, you know, they yeah. barely was able to get by showing the silhouette of her body in the shower. You know what I mean? Like, what? Exactly. How did he get away with that? Because this was not too far after this was even somewhat even allowed in movies like wow yeah 68 is definitely like we're kind of reaching the end of old hollywood we're kind of entering that and i love the 70s style of cinema where it is much more experimental much more realistic and and freeing so you do get a lot more skin uh but this was definitely interesting because you know the same year this year of cinema specifically, we're experimenting a lot with more philosophical beliefs and challenging mm-hmm. religion and all that. Because the same year, 2001, A Space Odyssey came out. And that has a whole baby float through space. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they pushed the envelope with this one. Because even with the the... Just the concept itself of the Antichrist and witchcraft and spell work being done through food and all that kind of stuff. Like, just putting that concept in the movie is already like, whoa, yeah, what are you doing? Are people ready but if you noticed, when the couple, you know, a guy and uh, Rosemary first got their apartment and, you know, they went to make love or whatever, like, they didn't really show much of that, no. which is quote-unquote for society okay for a married couple to do but you show all of that (laughs) (laughs) oh boy wait a minute like what in the world oh yeah you were real you were pushing the envelope right there yeah i'm just looking up some movies from 1968 that came out around the same time planet of the apes was the same year romeo and juliet that original okay where there's a full-on like shirtless scene with her yeah, and that had to be new for them back then. So it's like, wow, what's his a- name, Polanski? Yeah, he went full throttle with everything. The religion, the he went, he went at it. He's like, I'm gonna offend everybody right now, today, in this moment. Everybody's getting offended. Yeah, and everyone applauded him. Think it. about it. The, the society is so sensitive now. Put that exact thing in a movie now or just run that do you understand how twitter facebook tiktok will go crazy right yes just they would be so sensitive to every single thing the cult occult world witchcraft you know religious world showing of the naked body the old people just the beast sex with the beast like the world would go crazy but they didn't do that back then though nope nope it was just isn't that interesting yeah it's just oh they would be so sensitive now like i can't believe it oh my god (laughs) there probably be protests people are going to make signs and they're going to shut down (laughs) shut down the theaters yeah (laughs) the churches are going to rally together and do sermons we've got to ban this movie and you know yeah and then you have the smaller factions people are going to be like like... yes hell satan we finally got our freedom (laughs) yeah it's like guys it's a movie (laughs) you know you're completely right and it's funny how you brought that up because i actually did was having a conversation with a co-worker about how like it feels like we are kind of slipping back more majority of society is kind of slipping back into those puritanical beliefs of the early like 40s and 50s and 
stuff that like movies from the 80s were criticizing you know friday the 13th is the biggest one but you know this is something that they were making fun of about how like you know sensitive people were and now we're kind of falling right back into that it's 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 a really weird situation to be in I try to present that now like it's a br- oh, so many sectors of society and communities will go ham. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's good that we got the remake in 2014 and not in 2023. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, even the, the holistic doctors are going to go at it with the regular clinical. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. They will bring back the, the radio ones that service. do holistic healing. They're going to fight with the doctors that believe in modern medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, you had the two physicians, yeah. you know, Dr. Hill and uh, Sapien, whatever his name was. Saperstein. Saperstein, right. You know, Saperstein was more on the holistic way of doing things. You know, don't don't listen to your friends. Don't read any books. Take these, drink this, don't take any pills. So that's like the holistic doctor that'll tell a pregnant woman, hey, you can smoke a little weed for nausea. But then you have the other doctors that are like no 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 the medicine the pharmaceutical is where it's at you know like so this like, world yeah. will go crazy you need your daily pills not a, a milkshake <laughs> hey like this world will go crazy <laughs> man and it's funny that you brought that up because <laughs> i laughed so hard just indirectly when he was like oh well first thing i want you to do is no reading and i'm like excuse me she's pregnant what do you mean no reading <laughs> What's she to do? And then I realized he was talking about like you know pregnancy books, and I'm like, oh, wait yeah. A I thought he meant like I don't want you to read books. Like, I don't want you right. to read. Period. I'm like, uh. most people they're like, don't smoke, don't drink, don't get upset, don't lift anything heavy. He was like, don't read, don't talk to your friends. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, take any prenatal pills. Right. <laughs> it was like, just listen to your neighbors. Right, and hers this so little sweet little innocent self was like. Um, okay, but then in the back of her mind, she knew that sounded crazy. Yeah, and it didn't take her long to be like, be like nope, I'm not doing this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Tell you, I love Rosemary. She's like, she was, you know, she filled it out and then she made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Guy over there just lying and gaslighting his butt off. And I'm like, dude. Right. Right. She was a good example of just using your intuition. You know, we all have it. Yeah. She used her intuition, and her intuition was saving her from a lot. Definitely. And then, yeah, earlier you mentioned that, you know, Terry does go out the window, and she gives the necklace. I love the fact that, like, she gets the necklace, and, you know, it smells horrible because that's, like, a word in it. And she puts it right in the box, and it's like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not wearing this. And then she's pregnant, so, you know, you're... Well, no, you don't know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> you know, when you're pregnant, you're you're sensitive to different smells. Like what might smell good is disgusting to you or everything smells like 10 times more. So like in the beginning of pregnancy, your sense of smell is very sensitive. So I didn't blame her. Like I was like, oh, yeah, put that away. I'm telling what that smell like. <laughs> right, right. And she does eventually. And wear... it's right around your neck, too. Like, ew. Ooh. Yeah, she does eventually wear it as the you know the baby bump comes in, but then I love the scene where she just drops it in the sewer. It's like, oops. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they um you know, there's a lot of again, there's a lot of talking and just foreshadowing of things, but I do like the fact that she plans on having three kids and she only gets one. And that just so happens to be the Antichrist. <laughs> right, right. I'm like I meant to look up Poland's root and see like what is that for? Right, I just they kept saying it so much, and I like how when they brought it up to the the actual doctor, he came over. He was like, "Tannis, 
what what is that? What's the real name? And the guy right. like, Rome what was is, like, I've no one heard of the one name. <laughs> yeah, like, what is Tannis root? Well, rosemary is a is an herb. Yeah. Huh? I, think, I thought that was on purpose because yeah, they made mm-hmm. the spice garden, rosemary, which is a really good name. Yeah. Actually. I really like that name. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Sweet. Yes. As for Guy, though, I, the parents kind of ran out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like his name. I was like, guy. oh, that's his name. Like, okay, Guy. Because, you know, when we say Guy, it's like saying, hey, man. Yeah. You know? Like, Guy, cut it out. What's up, Guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a name anymore. <laughs> it's not a good name for an actor, either. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, but I guess in the '60s, you know, what well, you know, what does ever, whatever happened to just like you know, Rob or or Dave, you know, something like that. <laughs> guy, Guy Woodhouse. That sounds. I'm sorry. It, it sounds like a porn name. Like Guy. Yeah. <laughs> it does. That's awful. It does. Oh no. Oh, sorry, no. Guy Woodhouse. <laughs> 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 Remind you, uh, was it Boogie Nights? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tried showing Shelton and uh, Emory and Savannah that, uh, and and Zarya that movie, and we were cracking up. We didn't even finish it because we were laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, you've got to show them the uh, the guys that does. It's kind of like the parody on uh, SNL. Oh yes. <laughs> oh man, the doctor <laughs> Will Ferrell and uh, you know they just keep beat bopping to the beat when even when there's no music. <laughs> yes. Yes, those two. Yeah, they look like they could be named. One of them could be Guy Woodhouse or something. Guy Woodhouse. That's just wow. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see here. So I, so Rosemary immediately when she she figures out nah, nah, she finds out she's pregnant, and then you know they keep recommending her to go see a, another doctor, and that Doctor Saperstein, who ends up becoming kind of like the main. <laughs> quote-unquote antagonist the physical antagonist we see throughout the movie because everything he's telling her is just god-awful and (laughs) um i would do want to say as we kind of like kind of go through the movie here if i end up saying larry saperstein forgive me i want to say that in advance because (laughs) anytime they said this man's name i could only think about larry saperstein and if you don't know who that is he's a young actor young little white kid um i know him from a ton of things he's up and coming he's done some broadway stuff but uh we covered a movie of his on the podcast called porno it's a hilarious movie mom if you have the time i recommend <laughs> i will give you my uh shutter uh account if you, you can probably find it on, on oh i have shutter yes just look up porno it's a funny movie it's not what you think it is like the title is kind of ironic but like <laughs> He, he's, he's larry saperstein is in it he's just a little redheaded kid and it's such a funny little horror movie and okay it's so good it's so good i recommend it but uh larry saperstein he's also known for uh high school musical the musical the series he plays big red the best friend but um his name his the actor's name is larry saperstein so anytime they kept saying dr saperstein i just kept seeing this little <laughs> red-headed white kid in my head and i'm like <laughs> so if i say that i i apologize in advance but yeah we have saperstein here <laughs> and again he's given uh you know he's given rosemary these guidelines and she's taken everything that is uh Minnie is giving her which is a plot line that when i say tv shows and stuff kind of take the rosemary's baby plot line this is mainly the part they take where they have the next door neighbor giving the main character just herbs and stuff to take and it's like 
it tastes bad, but they keep doing it anyway for eight episodes, and they realize something's wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, stuff gets real though when Rosemary starts feeling pain, and this is where she gets really worried about the baby. But Zapperstein is like, "Oh, you know, it, it's it'll go away at some point," and she, it goes on for eight months. <laughs> right, and then she looks really sick at a certain point. Yeah, she gets really pale and and mm-hmm. skinny. I do like when she goes to see her actual doc, her doctor and friend, uh, Hutch. He's like, you, you know, pregnancy makes you gain weight, not lose it. I thought that was a really cool line. <laughs> yeah. He's like, like, you look awful. Right. And it's right after she gets her haircut, too. So it's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. They just kept riding that haircut. She looked so adorable with her haircut. Nobody liked it. Everybody was like, oh, what'd you do that for? Again, it was the '60s too. I'm like, wasn't the pixie cut around this time? Like, yeah, but I feel like it has something to do with the rich, the witchcraft part of it, or the ritual oh. of a woman having hair. That would make sense. I don't know what, but I just feel like they wanted her to have hair for some reason. It could be. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, it could be. You know, when it comes to Adam and Eve, Eve is all always kind of pictured as having long hair that covers everything. So it could okay. be it. I, that's a guess just off of right now, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I like the shorter haircut on her. She 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 it fits I her see. face. Yeah, yeah, she I just, did too. She looked adorable. Yeah, you know, bring the pixie cut back, ladies. We we should bring that back. I don't know, <laughs> did it ever go anywhere? I don't know. I I don't see a lot of girls rocking it, but I liked it. Well, yeah, because everyone's putting lace fronts on top of their own. You know, no one's really wearing their own hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, jeez, oh, they got uh, slapping wigs and weaves on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. If you're in a rush, you're in a rush. But also, <laughs> and like the the weave version of the pixie cuts look like helmets. <laughs> like what's this? <laughs> Not helmets. Like a hair helmet. What is that? Yeah, if you don't have the right texture and your own hair, please don't bring that back. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Guidelines, people. Guidelines. It's kind of like <laughs> I was actually listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how uh, a lot of white boys are kind of rocking the 90s, like, broccoli haircut with the parted hairs now. And the guy on the podcast was like, please don't do this. It wasn't cool in the 90s. It's not cool now. Please don't do this. He was he was calling it the broccoli haircut. <laughs> that sounds. Crazy. Oh, I know what the broccoli haircut is. Yeah, please don't. That's not for everybody. Stay in your lane. <laughs> he was, he was like, you know, he he was like, there's a lot of mixed kids that are doing this hairstyle to it. I'm like, how? That yeah, was, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Because you look like a piece of broccoli, a, 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 a whole, like the whole broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds gross. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, uh, so we get kind of further into the pregnancy words. Um, and then, yeah, that's where we, we start getting a lot of. So, Rosemary ends up having a lot of these like disassociative moments where she's kind of remembering her past. And this is where a lot of the, the themes of Catholic guilt kind of comes in here. And they don't really say a lot with it, but I thought it was interesting. When she started wearing the red, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. it's going yeah. down now. They got her. 
it's going down now. But yeah, she had. Didn't she have like a cross necklace that she brought out? Yes, yes. When she started reading her books and stuff, and she started really doing some research on the witchcraft and started putting things together, like, oh no, these people are nuts. These are witches. Yeah. Yeah, she started carrying her cross, the ear piercing that she noticed in Roman's ear too. She was like, oh no, this man gets down some kind of way. Yes. Mm-mm. He living a double life somewhere. Why is this man's ear pierced? Man, and so, uh, so she ends up kind of yeah. She does her own little research, and she ends up bringing her doctor Hutch into it, and they, he does his own little research as well. But then he mysteriously falls ill just after meeting right. Rosemary, and I'm like, oh, okay, now it's going down. And yeah, that's where. It and who can, was it? Roman stopped by. Yes, it was Roman. Yeah. Roman took that glove and so they did spell work with that with his personal effects remember he was missing the glove when he left yep yep yeah Roman took that glove and they were over there doing something with that glove and he was and that's how they made him sick yeah and then two months later he ends up dying right right beforehand he has a book and he's you know he means he means to give it to uh rosemary and i do like the side character she doesn't get a lot to do but grace one just symbolism with you know grace but she's yeah. the one that kind of passes the message along and helps rosemary throughout the latter half of the movie I thought yeah and uh that was, that was really they knew cool. he would he would you know tell her the truth they had to keep her isolated so they had to get rid of him so meanwhile she ends up kind of growing back her own autonomy and kind of pushing back a bit. She ends up having a little party mm-hmm. with just her friend that she has not seen in months. And so when everybody mm-hmm. sees her, they're like, oh my God, are you, you're pregnant? Congratulations, but you look, you look sick. Right. <laughs> everybody was like, oh my, like one guy was like, Rosemary, you're like a piece of chalk. <laughs> She's like, I was like, I mean, I know you haven't seen her in months, but come on, guys, you'd be a little more sensitive. Right. I was like, we give her leave her alone. Y'all could be a little bit more kinder in your speeds. Yeah, they was they was riding Rosemary. <laughs> right. Like, dang. <laughs> She's like, I'm pregnant. Here it comes to my party. And they get there and just roast her the entire time. Yeah. Totally roast her. She looked worse and worse as the party went on. Her eyes got darker. Yes. Oh man, when the ladies locked all the guys out so they can talk to her, like yes. I love that scene. I wrote down like it's important to have good friends, and they were really there for her at that point because she was yeah breaking down. Meanwhile, guys yeah, like she's trying having to the devil's the baby. Door. Like, of course, she's yeah, the <laughs> life sucked out of her. Right. <laughs> guys like banging on the door trying to get through. She's like, no, out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he that that's the first time you see him get upset after they leave. Yeah, actually, both of them finally show like really strong emotions. I was so proud of Rosemary. I was like, "That's right, Rosemary, tear it up, tear it up." Yes, yeah, she stands oh, up for herself. And then, but then, like, guy shakes her. I'm like, "Don't shake her. She's pregnant. Stop." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Stop it. You hear me? Stop it." I'm like, "Dude, dude." <laughs> Like, don't grab her like this. <laughs> She's so little. <laughs> right. Oh, man. No, right. <laughs> it kind of like I don't know if you ever seen like the Twilight movies, but you know there's, like, there's the, the 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 two last ones where she gets pregnant and like she bends over and then like breaks her back because she's so frail. I'm like, please don't let that happen. I I know I've seen this movie before, but you know I can misremember things. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, that's they both showed strong emotion in that scene. It was like, whoa. You know, and she's a nice, sweet girl, but she has feelings too. She gets angry too. Yeah, he's just been So I'm glad that they allowed her character to show that because it's like, at this point, come on, man. She's got to have some sort of outlet, a breakdown. Like, this is too much because she know, she know better. And these people trying to make her think she's going crazy or something wrong with her. And she know, no, I know I'm not. Something ain't right. Right, yeah. Like, it's my body. It's it's literally <laughs> withering like away. Everybody tell her what to do against her own better judgment. Yes, it's, and it's that, so it's at that point where, like I said, she kind of slips back into yellow, wearing yellow, and she's comfortable again. But secret, she's, you know, I do like this. Secretly, she is doing her own research. She's getting stuff done. She's like, all right, I know. She's th throwing the drinks in the sink, and you know, she's telling Minnie like, oh, I'm gonna just save this and put it in the refrigerator, and then like throws stuff away. Ends up reading more books. I love, I love Rosemary so much. <laughs> When she caught on, she was like, oh, no, I'm not going to play with these people. Right, right, yes. <laughs> she defended herself. And so um, when she learns from Hutch, she gets this book, which is uh, called All of Them. The book said All of Them Witches. All of them. <laughs> yeah, All of Them Are Witches. Yeah, I just the way I read it was All Them Witches. You know? Like, that's a weird <laughs> title. <laughs> all Them Witches. <laughs> It's not like a producer tag, you know, like oh, all them witches and the beat come in. Oh man. But yeah, so I love how, you know, he his last message to her is that the name is an anagram. And I love this type of stuff. Just like trying to figure out, you know, the little puzzle. And so I didn't even know they had Scrabble back then. But it's nice to know that this was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And just yeah, she's just like trying out all the, the title names and she's getting it wrong. But then she realizes the author of the book, Stephen Marcato, stands for Roman Cassavet. And then it mm -hmm. clicks and she ends up re reading the book and finds out that Roman is actually Adrian Marcato's son. And he was born in mm -hmm. 1876. And so then she realizes, oh, Roman, my next door neighbor, is the son of this mysterious person, which that people were accusing of. And now suddenly things are starting to make sense for her. She just ends up going to the wrong people. She goes to Dr. Sapp. Right. Yeah, just talking to the wrong. She should have kept it to herself. Man. And then so Guy tries again, just gaslight her by throwing the book away as she's looking for it. And it, they're they're really starting to pressure her now. And so you see a lot of, I like this, this like kind of last, like, uh, I guess I guess this last hour where her, her paranoia really ramps up. And everyone's really like closing in. Like she does end up. I think the film itself kind of symbolizes and just you get the feeling that everything's closing in on her really fast. Mm -hmm. she, just can't. she tries to go out and you know get some help, but then there's many you know quote unquote Christmas shopping, and <laughs> <laughs> she's like, ah, I thought I got away from her. She's trying to you know she's trying to meet uh, Doctor Hill. We end up uh, we end up meeting this Doctor Hill. Well, I guess the twist is that he's also in on it, or does they just yep. trick him? Oh, she, he's also in on it, which is like... Oh. Dr. Hill? No. Okay. I don't think he was. He was the doctor that was recommended by her friend, so he like she tries to get right. him, and we get that really classic... Because uh, Guy got upset when she wanted to get a second opinion from Dr. Hill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He tries to help. I was like, I'm going to do it to Christmas shopping. And, Lola, and I said, Rosemary's going to do this Christmas shopping. And what do you know? And you are. Yeah. <laughs> just, and Rosemary in that scene is like getting sick. But she's you can tell she's just she's really tired of this woman. Yeah, she's just out like, oh, my God, lady. <laughs> oh, man. I do like that scene, too. Because right beforehand, she's looking at like a, a, a window uh, dress. I don't know what you call it. Like a display. And it's the Virgin mm-hmm. Mary and the nativity scene. And then, boom, there's Minnie. Right. It's like, oh, what a coincidence. Like, no, I told right, you earlier right. I was going out. Mm-hmm. What do you know? It's Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> Click clacking her little jewelry. She was like, I'm going to skip my shake today. And then she was like, okay, click. And she shut the door in her face. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Minnie was funny. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, she ends up going to see Dr. Hill and just explains everything, which is like, good on you, but also you sound crazy. So, he's like, okay, cool. Psychiatry is what we need here. Right. <laughs> but I am glad she was able to get some sleep. They put her in a room and she slept for a few hours. I'm like, thank God. Mm-hmm. She was really looking a little weak. Mm-hmm. But he guy ends up getting to her first and he brings Dr. Saperstein and then they kind of give Dr. Hill the old whoop-de-doop. And so he's like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> take your wife. It's the 60s. We think she's hysterical. Oh, man. And so we get to this last like 30 to 35 minutes of the movie here where it's just just real tragic where she is just being held down by these group of people. Literally, they're, they're holding her down and then she goes into labor. Mm-hmm. And I hate this. I hate this so much. So Yeah, I hated to hear her scream like that. Yes, it's so, just such a great actress. But man, I felt for her at this point. I was like, no. Yeah. She did her best to run, too, while pregnant. (laughs) Like, running. Mm -hmm. And they just end up getting her. And then she goes into labor. And so, it just sucks. How you go into labor and then pass out during the labor? Yeah. Which you just know it's messed up. And so, well, I feel like back then, that was kind of common practice. A lot of the women were not awake for their labors like we are now. Really? Yeah, that was common practice to put, um, when I was doing like doula training and stuff, they would actually give them um, ether through a mask Hmm. to knock them out. And then they would deliver the baby and then mom wakes up and there's the baby. Like in those days mothers maybe maybe like those early 70s is when the mothers started staying awake actually participating in the birth and also the fathers were not allowed to be in the room around that time like historically you got to look it up fathers were not allowed to be back there they didn't see her or the baby till it was over but they were giving them ether gas to put them out oh, and they would deliver the baby and then she'd wake up and her baby's in her arms oh no oh wow yeah i gotta look yeah, that. Seventies is when they started kept letting women stay awake and actually, you know, pushing and all that good stuff, like actively pushing while they're awake and stuff. Was the the gas harmful? Is that why they stopped, or was it more of a? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's either. Yeah, you know, it's like a. It has the same effect, like with epidural. It's just you're not like your whole body is just done (laughs) (laughs) because like your a woman's body is still going to push the baby out whether she's conscious or not. Okay. 
you know, women can get an epidural and go to sleep and wake up and her baby's like almost between her legs because your body is still going to do what it has to do, whether you're awake or not. So they will put them to sleep with the ether gas and their bodies are literally pushing the baby on their own. They're asleep, though. Oh, oh, wow. So that's how labor was done around that era anyway. Wow, I did not know that. And they realized that was dangerous. The ether is dangerous. It's crossing the placenta. You know, moms, yeah. some moms were waking up. Um, and then there's modern medicine doctors that came through and was like, well, no, you know, we can, she needs to be awake. We can do this. And then there's, you know, other movements. Well, the father needs to be in the room too. And that's how things started evolving and changing. Would you look at that? The more you know, people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of common practice to knock the mothers out anyway. I was like, ether gas, good lord. But yeah, that's what they used to use in the mass. They had to breathe in the ether and then they were out, knocked out cold till the baby was born. Oh, wow. That is, wow, okay. Did not know that. Mm hmm. Well, <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Yeah, because like here. when when you're when a woman has contractions, it's involved. She can't control it. You know what I'm saying? So the 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 uterus is squeezing the baby out on its own, and she's dilating. And you know, you don't really have to be awake for that. <laughs> you should be, but yeah. it'll still do what it has to do, even if you're not. Man, and then yeah, right after she has the baby, they're just still gaslighting her. They tell her the baby's yeah. dead, and I'm like that. I don't I not was remember like, that. What? Did not remember that that detail. But the way they told her was so insensitive. Right. They just dropped. <laughs> yeah, they had the lady do it. What was it? Laura came in and said it, or was it the doctor? Um, it was the doctor and um, the husband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The doctor was cleaning off his glasses, and it was like, yeah, well, you know, there were some complications, and the baby is uh, dead. <laughs> he just said the word dead. <laughs> Right. You know, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, you had the prepartum crazies, like, you know, but you'll be fine. We'll just have some more kids. Like, he was so insensitive. It was just but like, she, she was like, you're witches. All of you are witches. Not my baby is not dead. He's right. like, what made you think? Why would you would think we were a part of that? Like, it was just a hot mess. Right. They just they clearly they clearly did not have their story right. Because <laughs> like, why? not at all. Why? So insensitive. Man. <laughs> And so yeah, at this point, she's just bedridden, passing in and out. But yeah, we got n- nosy neighbor and her neighbor's friend, Laura, whatever. Louise <laughs> taking care being her nurse, her bootleg nurse. Right, like, since when were you a nurse? Like, <laughs> <laughs> out with those pills, but Rosemary had enough sense not to take those pills. She kept stuffing them in the wall. Yes, and they blended in, too. <laughs> yeah, but then she also was like, you know, they still had her pumping that breast milk. And she was like, well, what do you do with it? And Laura Louise wouldn't answer her. That's how she also knew her baby was around there because she was collecting her breast milk every time she fed her. That's what that red thing in that cup was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, don't put that spoon in there. Don't put that spoon in yeah, there. Yeah, she to mention the spoon. Yeah, that's her breast milk. So she like, no, nah, my baby around here somewhere and I'm going to find it. And she does. Oh boy, she does. She heard the cry, the baby crying through the walls. Yep. Just yeah. didn't hear that. No, I don't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "You sons of bitches, get her back!" <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you do hear it. Go That's the... when the ma- the maternal part of me kicked up. I was like, "You son of a bitch, you're lying." <laughs> <laughs> 
Give her a baby right now. Right. Oh, man. And then, yeah, we get this iconic just like like five-minute sequence of the end here. I think if you know Rosemary's Baby, this is the scene people kind of reference, which is this ending scene of her. I do like this. Guy comes back just just getting wine or something, and she's sneaking through the house. She first he grabs a knife, the biggest knife she can. And I'm like, yes. 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 <laughs> just yes get it rosemary right just as fans of final girls and i do think rosemary much like uh heather langenkamp in uh, nightmare on elm street doesn't get enough credit for being like just a smart final girl but yeah just getting that knife she's making sure her knees work she's she's looking right (laughs) (laughs) she's sneaking around the house she's as quiet as a mouse and she ends up going into that closet I'll kill you witches. I ain't scared of y'all. Right. <laughs> and again, we get to that closet and we find out there's a hidden door and that's the same closet mm-hmm. that guy went through that she notices and she someone moved the dresser again. So she goes mm-hmm. through it. We end up in uh, Minnie and Roman's apartment and boom, just the whole entire coven is there. Just everybody. Drinking wine and, and eating cheese. <laughs> right, with her babies. <laughs> Man. And then when I saw guys, I said, oh, you ought to be shamed. You ought to be shamed of yourself. You saw it in his face, too. When he saw her, just immediately. Yeah, he put his head down. Got scared. <laughs> she, what did she say to uh, um, Roman? Said, so she was like, you shut up. Yeah. She was like, you're in, you're in something. I don't hear you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, yeah, I don't hear you. <laughs> You're in whatever city he was supposed to be visiting. She's like, you're in there. You're in Dravosky or something like that. I don't hear you. <laughs> and then she looked at her husband like, yeah, I'll deal with your ass later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. And then we start again. We get that again. Just just, just love the sequence. She sees the baby and oh, the eyes. What have you done with this? What have you done to this <laughs> It's still gripping that knife, too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What's wrong with his eyes? It was like he's got his father's eyes, but guys, not- <laughs> <laughs> his real father. Mm-hmm. Start their little chanting, and I like how this is the only time Minnie is quiet. She doesn't say like, yeah, she didn't say a word. No. She didn't say a word. She didn't talk all throughout this movie, and this is the only time she does not say anything. He did her part. She did her part. So it's like, hail Satan and hail Adrian. Yes. That yes. text message I sent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Right. Oh, man. But yeah, it's like you're rocking them too fast with Laura Louise. Laura Louise, she I wanted sucks. to pinch her. <laughs> I said, don't you stick your your tongue out at Rosemary. Don't you do it. Right. Just the worst bootleg nurse you could ever find. Yeah. She's like, you're rocking him too fast. No, I'm not. Yeah. She's rocking him too fast. Yeah. Like, you want him. You're trying to make her be here. His mother. Well, she is, isn't she? Right, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole scene was classic. That was the creepiest classic scene. So here's my question. The Asian dude with the camera, who's going to get these pictures? <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> to Christ. Like, what's going on? Is this for documentation? Sure. Are we making a book? Right. Is this for the baby scrapbook? Do we? Are we still going to treat it as like a regular... <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> I was like, what is the photographer for? What are they going to do with these pictures? This is the Antichrist. <laughs> right. Does he like, even show up on the pictures? What? Right. Like, what is going on? What are you going to do with that? He just he was just clicking, clicking away at the mom and baby. Man, hey, get the check. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. to think he's not even a part of the company. He's just like, I was hired and right. <laughs> you know, they you know, it's a it's a <laughs> like you didn't ask any cool you actually took this gig, huh? Yeah, they must have like, paid you well. Like the lady gave me gold rings. I'll eat and drink it with these people. I wouldn't eat and drink nothing out of here. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The old lady gave me gold rings and I'm just here to take the pictures, ma'am. <laughs> Taking the baby picture of the Antichrist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Satan's ba- Satan's baby's first photos, like, what is going on? <laughs> yes. Like what have you done? Oh, what was it? It just kind of remember that movie, Little Nicky, like <laughs> yeah. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Wasn't there a photo scene in that one? With <laughs> it was. <laughs> Make me go find Little Nicky. Yes. Yes. Oh man. My eyes. <laughs> yes. Love Adam Sandler. Oh man. And so yeah, yeah, I do the classic scene right there. That end scene was like bravo. Yes, it, she was acting her butt off. I do like the the shot of the knife hitting the ground and it just sticks up. Yeah, yeah. And she just her little tears and her little pretty little face. And so it's just like, oh my God. I love when she spit in guy's face. I yes. loved it. <laughs> I said, You better be glad that's all she did. You deserve more, man. Yeah. Say nothing to me. So my question is, at the end of this, do we think that she, you know, does she agree to be the kid's mom or does she, you know, again, it's kind of left ambiguous what she decides to do, but, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, as a mom, I don't know. That's hard. Like, what do you do being that I've had children? I have sons. You know, it's like, so one of my sons was, <laughs> and I know how I felt when I looked at each of you for the first time and held you for the first time. It's like, I don't, a part of me would probably be like, well, <laughs> I guess I'm Satan's mom. Like, I was, <laughs> like a mother's love is just that strong. Like, damn, like, how am I going, what am I going to put on him like this? <laughs> What am I gonna put out like dress him and what am I gonna tell people? Right. Like it's still my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I guess I can see how you know, I can see the cuteness in his red eyes. <laughs> yeah, like we just put sunglasses on him, it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, I, I can see the beauty in him. Like when you're a mother, you can see the beauty in, in almost anything when it comes to your child, you know? So I feel like she j- and then that was her first. Yeah. Oh, come on. You were my first. Come on. If somebody want to say they don't say that. I would have been trying to figure out what outfit will make this normal on you. <laughs> right. I don't I could have walked away. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, we're going to have to figure out how to make this work because this is still my baby. <laughs> oh, no. 
So I feel like maybe she was like, well, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm not dealing with none of y'all. Yeah. Me and my son, we're going to move and we're just going to have to figure this out. I'm going to have to maybe find some little hats that can kind of cover his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> At least until they change. Get a good pair of clippers, you know, when his beastly hair grows. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're going to get through this. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> and that's Rosemary's baby. <laughs> that's Rosemary's baby. <laughs> Landy. <laughs> Walking on his hooves, yeah. You, you see, you see what happened in the sequel. She, she had her son. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's how strong a mother's love is. Like, well, I, I guess, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> just, just All right, well, you well. know, just some darker clothes or <laughs> sunglasses, and you know. Try to make you look as normal as possible. Yes. Although I I will say this, and then we're gonna uh, go ahead and end here. Honestly, if <laughs> I just kind of imagine the baby, aside from the eyes that they show, I just kind of imagine the baby looking like the baby from the Adams Family values. You know, <laughs> little baby with the mustache. <laughs> okay, so you know what baby I keep picturing? What from um Dr. Seuss? Oh. You re- no, 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 I'm sorry. Not Dr. What well, is a Dr. Seuss, but remember how the Grinch looked when he was in school, in elementary school, when he nicked his face? Yes. I keep picturing that's how he really looks with the red eyes. The way the Grinch looked when he was a little boy. Oh, my God. I had a picture of that. For, that was my that's profile the face picture. I keep picturing. That was my profile picture for a couple of years ago. Really? Yes. I just keep picturing a black face like like Dr. Seuss when he was little with red eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so, you know. All right. Well, Mom, do you recommend Rosemary's Baby from 1968? Absolutely. If you're going to watch any of the other 12, watch <laughs> <laughs> watch the original one first. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's a long list, but just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely recommend. That's a good, you know, this time of year, fall, Halloween time of year. That's an excellent movie to watch around this time of year, even though the baby was born in the summer. Oh, yeah. This is a good time to watch this. It's a good date night movie. (laughs) Yes, I agree. We leave a lot to talk about. (laughs) Oh, man. Just make sure the meat's cooked when you eat the dinner. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you'll rethink eating from anybody's kitchen. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or wearing any jewelry anyone gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. This is definitely a recommended for me. This is just again, this is a classic movie. It's kind of hard to deny any kind of classic movie. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I said, for me, what sticks out the most is definitely the acting and the the visual directing. Um, I think the story over oh, the only thing I can complain about is just that it's just a little bit too long. There's definitely some stuff you can cut out here. Like there's a whole scene yeah. of just guy and Rosemary undressing. And like it's just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there's some little, you know, some spaces nits. where it's like, oh, okay, but But yeah, overall this is still a fun movie to get into and watch and it does suck you in. Um you get pulled into all the characters despite if you like them or not or if you're supposed to like them or not. Um, I yeah. think Rosemary as a character is just really great. Like she's something kind of I don't want to say rare because you do get a lot of female 
smart female characters in film. We've talked about a bunch of them on this podcast alone, but there's just something about Rosemary where I'm like, I just agree with everything she does. Yeah, everything. Everything she is, you know. Yeah, she's just... Just like a, a bunch of pregnant women that love horror movies. This would be a great girls' night movie. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like a good. It like, would start a whole uproar in the circle, in the sister circle. Yeah, like a book club. On... Right. <laughs> Me and the girls got together with our pregnant bellies and yeah, and watched Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Mom, for joining me on another podcast. This was fun. It's great having a nice little one-on-one. It's always an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. And it's with you. Yes, yes. All right. Um, with that being said, guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Murder Board Podcast. And we'll catch you again next time. Baby Mary Rose. Pick <laughs> another title from the 12,000 version. <laughs> Baby Mary Rose actually sounds like something I could watch. <laughs> right. You don't you don't really want to end with Hail Satan. You know yeah. Hail Satan. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah, little family guy playoff. All right. Good night, guys. We'll catch you again. We'll catch you again on the murder board next time. Oh.